Hello, it is Thursday, December 10th, 2020 already. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. 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 Have a great show for you today. Oh, yeah. Hey, DeMarcus Ware, good conversation. Maybe one of the most likable human beings on the planet. Yeah, and he's going to get us in shape, too, you find mm-hmm. out through that. Uh, Tom Pellicero, all the inside news, a little bit of a give and take with him, obviously, A.J. Hawk. And uh, we can't thank you enough for choosing to join us. Good people. There's a lot of other things you can allow penetrate your ear holes. The fact that you allow us to do so, I am eternally grateful for. All of us are. Uh, and we just want to let you know that this show and other shows that come out of this office run because of uh, you mm-hmm. listening, being very, very nice and subscribing to our YouTube and, you know, buying merch and doing all that shit. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a joke, dude. Dumbest show of all time. Uh, if you enjoy the show by the end of it, please be a friend and tell a friend. If you don't, just act like it never happened. Let's get to it. The Patriots are getting four and a half points tonight against Los Angeles Rams. Sean McVay and Bill Belichick, uh, you know, notoriously played each other in a Super Bowl in which Bill Belichick uh, handled that one. And Sean McVay's mm-hmm. offense was absolutely non-existent in that particular game after a year of taking over the world with an offense that actually got like seven different coaches hired because they just knew who Sean McVay was, potentially swam in Sean McVay's pool, or maybe even got him a coffee at one point. Mm-hmm. Now, we are back at a point where the New England Patriots are a different team. The New England Patriots are hot, though, after just beating the shit out of the Chargers just days after the Chargers were told by their head coach they had no playoff chances when they indeed actually had a playoff chance. Hell yeah. <laughs> so what will tonight's story be? Will it be that Bill Belichick's defense, like it did in the Super Bowl, absolutely shut down a Sean McVay offense led with Jared Goff? Or will the story be that Sean McVay, the young whiz kid who once got out chest by Bill Belichick comes back with a whole new redemption style. I think the one thing you have to ask is will Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots be able to get to Jared Goff? If they can't get to Jared Goff, Jared Goff and McVay's offense will do well. If they can get pressure on Jared Goff, they will not. Throwing for 67 yards against this Rams team, if you're not getting to Jared Goff, is going to be an impossible task for the New England Patriots. So that is what this whole entire game revolves around tonight, in my eyes. There'll be a lot of other conversations that pop up today. We have DeMarcus Ware joining us, legend from the Cowboys, Super Bowl champion from the Broncos. We'll be chatting to him. He's launching like a workout app or something like that. If you do recall, this guy was just a physical specimen forever. (laughs) So if he's giving away tips and ideas on how to potentially be like him, I think we should probably listen we'll also talk to him about his career and potentially what the fuck is going on down in dallas yeah i mean that place is uh, legitimately dead maybe demarcus ware still has some snaps in him because it feels like that would help out the dallas cowboys immensely and then in about an hour and 30 minutes tom pelicero will be joining us Ooh. uh we'll be chit-chatting about all the news around the nfl what's going to happen going forward maybe some salary cap conversations about next year who's gone who's not and all the good shit aj hawk will be joining us as he does every single day and you could call us at 1-888 um oh, oh. Oh. Uh, hold the phone hold the phone <laughs> time out 6 2 3 3 6 4 6 okay. there it is Thank you. Right. Oh. 1-888 6 2 3 3 6 4 Six. Bingo. All right. 
We'll talk to you. And also, we have a new segment from Twitter called Questions from the Twitter. Cannot wait for today at Tone Diggs. What are you looking forward to tonight? What is the line doing? What is the gambling doing for tonight's game? What should we be thinking about? And I think this is a game that's going to be a good football game. I'm very, very pumped about oh, it. Oh, yes. Pat, the uh, line opened up minus six and a half uh, Rams. It's down to minus four and a half Rams, uh, even though 63% of the money is on the Rams. So that's something to look at there. But you were talking, I completely agree with you about if you could get the Goff speeding Goff up. The uh, New England Patriots are 24th in the league in sack percentage, so getting to the quarterback. So I, like you, tend to lean towards the Rams. Yeah, and not just that, by the way. There's another bet with Jared Goff involving it on FanDuel. was a live bet. If you watch the first three series for Jared Goff, and it looks like he is comfortable, and maybe it'll only take two series. If it looks like he's comfortable, Jared Goff is a guy that if he looks happy early – going to be happy throughout. But if Goff has a little bit of question in his eyes in the first three series, maybe give make three series. I think you give him three series max. You'll be able to tell him gambling is obviously always the gamble. But if it, if Goff has that look in his eyes where he is potentially a bullfrog staring down a flashlight, mm-hmm. ooh, everybody talks about the deer, but a bullfrog actually yep. freezes yeah, up. Uh-huh. That's how they actually go bullfrogging down there in Louisiana, which I've done before. You snag him off the side of a swamp where a potential gator is after putting a flashlight in their eyes. Then you put him in like an American gladiator like trash bag so they don't jump out. Yep. Because they eat frog legs like it's delicacy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you got to be quick. you got to be safe. But you got to have that goddamn spotlight that freezes them and then bang, you grab them. Okay? I went hogging and frogging one day in Louisiana. It was the most manly shit I've ever been a part of. Would I ever do it again? No, but I feel like I was pretty successful at both. But deer in the headlights, bullfrog in the spotlight, Jared Goff bet against them because that's probably going to be the tale of the entire evening. Also, um, the Patriots are their mostly run team. The Rams are top five rush defense in the league. And I just don't know if Zubin Mahenty and Gunnar Olszewski are going to be able to get open against (laughs) Jalen Hey, I will tell you this. Gunnar is taking two punts back to the house. How about Mm -hmm. that? Up your respect for Gunnar. Mm -hmm. Gunnar is a gamer, pal. Gunnar is elusive. If Gunnar's on that team last year, Tom probably doesn't leave New England. True. Absolutely. I'm starting to think. He was, but absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, at Boston Connor, you obviously have faith in Bill Belichick, oh, yeah. as you have. You you you've openly admitted on the show both a, a lot of things. One that they were dead a couple weeks right. ago. Right. No, now then you came back. Right yep. then you never oh, said I that. talked last season. Yeah. It's a new season. I never said yeah, that. Yeah, that's how you. Yeah, that you, I never said that. The, uh, you did though. But then you said no. New season. We're starting fresh. And this uh-huh. new season has been good. Couple wins and everything like that. But you have admitted probably not a team that's going to be able to make a Super Bowl run just because the depth, the explosiveness, and everything like that. But maybe who knows? Tonight against this golf squad, you got to feel pretty good because Belichick potentially has McVay's number. Or do you think this is problematic? I feel pretty good. I mean, when you think about on the offensive side of the ball, you know the three middle interior linemen, center, guard, guard. They were there for the Super Bowl. They're still there, so I have faith in them stopping Aaron Donald, the game wrecker, oh, yeah. and that's going to be huge. Uh, and then on the defensive side of the ball, although we don't have Hightower, we don't have Flowers, we don't have Van Noy, <laughs> the guys from the Super Bowl, basically our entire D-line, they played much better in this last month and have a ton of faith in them get into the quarterback. Wow. Yeah, yeah, you don't. I do. Nah. And, I mean, we got to keep in mind, too, boys, like McDaniels and Bill, they might have a couple uh, tricks up their sleeves. Yeah, they might. Probably would have used them already. But the every single week, it seems like they do have a trick player, too, or something <laughs> pop off. You know what I mean? The um, couple tricks up their sleeves. Huh. What is that? We're supposed to talk about uh, your shirt having lights on it? Yeah, like it's a trick up my sleeve. Huh. You see what it's, I did there? It's on your sleeve, actually. Yeah. yeah no, 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 it's not on my sleeve because it's not... Oh, it's insane. Uh, how, how long does uh, does it last? And why didn't they Forever. do the top row? 
Well, so, just yeah. because, you know, we don't want to put everything over. You for know, those that it's are... More center, uh, it's more center. For those that are only listening. The trenches, you know. He has a Christmas sweater on that has uh, Christmas lights across it that say New England Patriot. And then Patriots. And then the Christmas lights light up, actually. They actually Whoa! have battery-operated lights. <laughs> you feel pretty good about that. I feel really good about that. <laughs> I've been planning this for like two months. Yeah. Did you make the shirt? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. I made it. Really? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I made it. It's a good shirt, though. Yeah, hey, it's very good. It's a nice sweater. It feels comfortable. Imagine if we attempted to sell something like that. How I would have oh. to prepare. Maybe 2023. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, something to think about. Yeah. You know what? In 2023, we're going to sell. Wait till you see oh. the ugly Christmas sweater that we sell three years from now. Be on the lookout. That have battery power. And there will only be 10 of them. By the yeah, way, so whenever be, you, whenever you wish, it'll be ties, it'll be ties, but with real lights. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It'll be that one, which is available. Yeah, uh, maybe actually. I don't is know. the sale still going on? At this point, if you order it, you are rolling the dice heavily to be making oh, it in time yeah. for St. Patrick's Day. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think we we have been very honest about that. I have a cost-effective way to do this. Uh, let's go ahead and put uh, ties sweater over his Ooh. and put holes. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah so we'll just tell people that if you want to light up ugly Christmas sweater for Mars, what we recommend is buy another, buy another place right? Yeah. and then cut a hole in the ones that we have. Your uh, Christmas sweater is very nice, by the way. Thank you. And yeah. it was a special day to wear it because the Pats are playing tonight. Uh-huh. Exactly. And the last thing that's actually kind of legitimate, the Niners run defense, right? We've ran, uh, I think, over 50% of our plays are in 21 personnel. Rams have faced the second least amount of 21 personnel. So they got a good rush defense, but they haven't been really going up against, you know, the big I agree. And listen, I, there's, I guess there's been a couple games where Aaron Donald hasn't played well. Yeah. You know, or, or not played well. He's played well in every game, but wrecked games. You yeah. know, one was against AQ Shipley against mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, obviously. The Niners. But aside from that, this is the type of game I feel like Aaron Donald, you see Aaron Donald <laughs> slipping your center a couple times and then wrapping Cam Newton up before he even <laughs> makes a decision. Oh, I just, prime, prime in time. my head, this feels like, yeah, primetime game. Aaron Donald, you know, there's this guy on the show but, wearing this light up but, sweater. Yeah. It just this feels like an Aaron Donald slip the center night. Give me Cam Newton before he even gets to do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what does Belichick do? He takes away your best player on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. So he's gonna have he's gonna make someone else on the you're Rams right. beat us. You're right. You're right. So maybe that doesn't happen. But then they get rockers and exactly get Floyd on the mm-hmm. outside and Jalen's a, a hitter by the way. Yeah. So it's yeah, not like they, the the back. Good. And there's a lot of people in the YouTube comment section saying that Jared Goff stinks. Like, hey, I used to agree with you. I used to agree with you. And then I bet against the Rams a couple of times. And then you see Goff whenever he doesn't have any pressure on him. It's like, no, he fucking, he can make all the Dice. throws. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm not saying he can just put the team on his back, though. I'm not <laughs> saying that Jared Goff can do that. But if he has time, that offense does cook. Like, that. it, it is something. Mm-hmm. That and I'm only saying that because I bet against them a couple of times. Because I thought what everybody in the comments section thought, that Jared Goff stunk. And then you watch him when you bet against them, and you're like, Oh, of course, this fucking guy has the best game of his entire life. And then you watch the next time you do it, and it's like, oh, okay, so if he has a chance to play football in a clean pocket, he's very, very good. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't get talked about in the way that Patrick Mahomes does or Russell Wilson or Aaron or any yeah. of the top guys because they all extend plays and they move. He's like an old-school quarterback, basically, mm-hmm. in a modern world, but he's younger, so it's kind of a different conversation. Yeah, a little inconsistent. He had a great game last week, which makes me feel good that, you know, the inconsistencies might, you know, come to light tonight. But, uh, you know, we'll see bill belichick will confuse him you're saying that he got uh <laughs> you're saying he's batting 500 ish you think yeah well he wasted all of his power on sunday you know you got to usually wait a full week for that to recharge it's only been <laughs> nah, nah, because you, you know? got to remember in la they're not allowed to leave their homes True. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. he's been golfing 
in his little uh, chippo yeah, thing in, backyard, in the backyard. Yep. Uh-huh. Everybody else in LA is struggling or whatever, you know, not allowed to leave. You're kind of on house arrest. Jared Goss played what's 27 holes a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That guy's out there pitching and yeah. and putting and everything mm-hmm. like that. And Relax. on the golf course. You know what I mean? Oh, that's what he's been oh, doing. Oh, yeah, that's what he's been doing. Well, we've been out there for, you know, a week. I think a lot of the Patriots players actually have also been, you know, getting a couple rounds in. No, so maybe that really? golf no, is even no, in each other. They're staying in here. The Intercontinental. Some of them are going to UCLA, you know, testing the water. Well, Bill Belichick. I saw Bill Belichick mm-hmm. running over here. Uh-huh. Good game tonight, though. I'm pumped for it. Yeah, I think Rams win by 10. Uh, Actually, they're playing against Bill Belichick. I said this yesterday. I said two scores, and I remember Bill Belichick. <laughs> They'll cover the four and a half is all I'm going to say. There you go. Well, Ty Schmidt, uh, a lot of MVP conversation happening right mm-hmm. now because it's that time of year. Our guy, Aaron Rodgers, sitting right at the top of the list with everybody. Hell yeah! Is, are we going to have – is – if you have a weekly segment on this show, mm-hmm. you automatically win MVP. Is that just something that's going to happen, you think? And is that – I think we should get an award of some sort for that. Uh, we absolutely should get an award for that. And it's certainly possible, but it also seems like it doesn't matter what Rodgers does. I mean, if Mahomes, you know – he's he, he, it's just like I mean, if the odds are like that already, like what more does Raj have to prove? What more does he have to do? Does he have to throw seven TDs on Sunday? I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. He could do that, but – you know, at this point, it seems like uh, he he has he hasn't done enough to level himself with Mahomes. But look at the way he's playing. What more can he do? You know, there are some massive games this weekend: mm-hmm. Cardinals at Giants, Chiefs at Dolphins, Vikings at Bucks, Colts at Raiders, Steelers at Bills, Ravens at Browns. All have playoff contentions mm-hmm. involved there. Mm-hmm. Who's the back playing? They got the Lions in Detroit this oh, Sunday. Big game. Uh oh, <laughs> big game. <laughs> technically, oh. technically, that's got playoff implications because what the Lions are what only one oh, spot out. Oh, huh? No, hey, the Vikings are getting hot. I mean, let's not get crazy here. And the Bears, oh. Oh, they're close. Their offense scored. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole new team. Offense yeah. scored. Yeah. Redemption game. What does does the wear off of the new coach appeal die off in Detroit? That's what I wanted to ask. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, because we've seen this, right? The Texans came out immediately mm-hmm. upon firing. They win a game. Uh, also, the uh, Jen, no. Falcons, Falcons, right? Falcons yeah. immediately upon yes. uh, Coach Kinfire, they win a game. I mean, it's like it is like a freshness to it. it. Does that carry over into another week? Is that how now we have to start trying to figure out how bad it was under Patricia? Yeah. Are the boys, is the celebration of freedom <laughs> going to go to last two weeks? Or is Aaron Rodgers uh, in warm weather? Because it's in a dome oh. with yeah. uh, zero X factors, really. Oh, Is he potentially thrown for 450, 500 yards this weekend? I think it'll be close. I think it'll be a close game. But yeah, I mean, it, the Lions stink. The Lions stink. I'll yeah, be honest with this one. I won't even try to, you know, sugarcoat it. The Lions are going to get smacked around. I honestly just don't want them to hurt Aaron. I want Aaron to be healthy for this game. Thank you. And well, also, what I'm very Fox, nervous about, I'm very nervous that he's going to go look at Kenny Galladay on the Lions sideline and say, hey, uh, Kenny. I know your contract's up soon. Maybe you come over here. You remember, oh. you remember what I was saying to Calvin? He should have. <laughs> Don't you make that same mistake exactly. that Calvin made. I'm very nervous about that. And by the way, everybody I think is learning more and more about Aaron this year. Everybody wants to be teammates with Aaron Rodgers, That's I right. assume. Yeah, mm-hmm. but there's a 0% chance Gucci Coons makes a good decision True. in regards yeah. for Aaron. So. Hey, Foxy, didn't you didn't I'll you want to make an official decision on a team that you're going to cheer for into the playoffs? Oh, yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah, yeah you know what? Uh, the Lions are dead. They fired their head coach. And I thought, you know, I don't have anyone to root for. And we're, we're getting into the playoff push now and so i've been looking at these teams you know i love the colts oh yeah i love yeah. aaron and the uh, Packers. Yeah. whoa there's, there's a lot of good teams out there but then i started to look at this one team and you know i decided yeah i said you know what 
It'd be pretty fun to root for those Pittsburgh Steelers down there. Did he be? Did he become a fan last week and they lost their first game? Uh-huh. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Oh, no, Oh, no. Oh, it's going to be fun, boys. That'll be fun. It's going to be great. Oh, that's Dead. awesome. I'm so happy yeah. that this whole conversation led to that. <laughs> you know Dead. what I mean? I don't know how we can bottle that, <laughs> but I wish we could. That was awesome. Foxy told me that down in Florida last week. He yeah. said, Steelers are going to be my playoff team. I'm going to push for it. And then, lo and behold, they do lose their first game. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> Just a coincidence, that's all. No, no. <laughs> They're dead. And the Lions <laughs> win, too. So that's, oh, Yikes. man. <laughs> that's awesome. Pats sneak in, too. You know who they're playing. Who's that? Inevitably, the Steelers, who will end up being the two seed. Oh, you think the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Pats are going to play each other? There's a possibility. Ideally, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Do you think that would be awesome? Yeah, Pats stink, dude. So. Ah, see, oh, no. here comes Gary the Gilbert, dude. Gary Gilbert, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Gary is better than Cam. Or Josh McDaniels, Mike McCarthy, Mike McCarthy, Bill Belichick, Mike McCarthy, Josh McDaniels. Well, here's the difference between Josh Mike McCarthy, big Mike, just Patriots. Here's the difference between Josh McDaniels and and, uh, Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, even though it was a scam and a fraud, he wasn't afraid to take that coaching role. Josh McDaniels realized he's a scam and a fraud, turned the plane around. Josh didn't want to be outed. Josh McDaniels did beat the Steelers with Tim Tebow as a quarterback in the playoffs. That was was not Josh McDaniels. That was God himself. (laughs) (laughs) Sacrificed his only son. The um, man. I don't know if anybody, if the Patriots are making the playoffs and you're a team that isn't like a team that just buries people, I think that is a good, that's going to be a tough, mm-hmm. out, that is a dangerous situation because you don't want to lose to this Patriots team in the playoffs. No, no, you do this, not, not this, this team, no. you do not want to be the team that loses to this Patriots team because this Patriots fan base will be even more insufferable than the previous mm-hmm. Patriots yes. fan base if this Patriots team beats your team in the playoffs. It would be tough to handle. Would it would almost mean more to win just one playoff game <laughs> with this team <laughs> than a Super Bowl in I would previous rather, years. I would rather see... Of all the teams, I'd rather see them than the – no, I'd rather see the Colts than the Patriots, that is, who's wow. currently set Because Phil's going Phil's gonna to fuck it up. Well, it, well, that's that's the interesting thing is I think more a lot of people have that thought, but, hey, that Colts defense, bro. Okay. Now, Aaron had, a, had a pretty good game mm-hmm. there of his first half. Yeah. But in the second half, they're giving up like zero points yeah, or something like that. You know what I mean? Good so that Colts team could potentially be problematic as well. Listen, in the playoffs, any given Sunday. That's right. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why Gary Gilbert and Danich got a chance to get mm-hmm. out there and swing the ball around. Tonight, though, we'll learn a lot about this Patriots team, right? You lose, you're out. Is that how it is? Ah, uh, yeah, basically. I don't think we're getting in with seven losses just because of how competitive it is to in get the one AFC. Of those spots. So, yeah. so you'll be, you lose, you guys are out. Yeah. It's a playoff game for the Patriots. Yeah, must win season, baby. Has been for three weeks now. All right, we have to get to a break. F. Eva Lazito has a great poll today, oh, yeah. actually. Pretty pumped about this one. And then uh, Demarcus Ware will join us on the other side. Driven to win, D2 Dub Ooh. is his, uh, his fitness app, by the way. I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to talk to him about it, too. Like, yo, <laughs> I, I don't have 35. 40 fucking minutes I can dedicate to a warm-up. Mm-hmm. All right, I, sure. And then, like, I, I, who has that time? I don't know no who one. has it. The Rock has it somehow. True. Wahlberg. True. Mark Wahlberg has You know why? You got to wake up 2.33 a.m. Yeah, uh, there you go. So yes. I should rephrase that. I have the time. 
I don't have the will. There you go. Okay, Amen. I am not driven to win DT Dub. If there's a 45-minute warm-up, <laughs> then another 45-minute thing, I just can't do it. Uh -uh. I'm sorry, Zito. We'll no, talk you're... to him on the other side. Your poll, though, today, I'm, I'm a big fan Ooh. of. Oh, yeah. So what day would you like <laughs> to see NFL games be added permanently? Uh, right now, Wednesday, 13.6%. Saturday, 225 Friday, 24.9, and Tuesday, leading at 38.9. This is kind of what we were thinking, too. We like Tuesday night football. Oh, yeah. I like Tuesday night football a lot. Sure. There was a time there where AEW and NXT, because other things being recorded, there was Tuesday night wrestling that mm -hmm. was on. And I enjoy it. Like, I like live things. Yeah. Like, I get it. Maction is cool, okay? I like good live things. So, whenever... Um, the NFL is on Tuesday. I love it. Like, oh, I absolutely wow. love it. And I understand there's a lot of people that watch series and TV and stuff. I just like live shit. Like, I like live shit. What's going Quick on? Quick update from the research department in the back. John Fox was the Broncos head coach. Son not, of a bitch! Not a... I love John Fox. It's a good Fox. shot, though. Hey, good <laughs> shot of the board. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know, by now you know that we are Arby's guys through and through. Mm -hmm. We've told you about the roast beef that is slow roasted for three hours. Three hours roast beef. We also, also know about the brisket that's slow roasted for 13, 13 hours. hours. Wow. And we told you all about the deep fried turkey club that made our Thanksgiving season that much better. We loved it. Loved it. But Arby's is so much more than just roast beef. Yes, their roast beef is amazing, okay? Mm -hmm. But there is a whole menu to explore at Arby's. They've got 10 different kinds of meats, 25 different kinds of sandwiches, including gyros, gyros, heroes, whatever you call them. All of them. And wraps, uh, nine different kinds of bread, unique sides like mott sticks, jalapeno poppers, curly fries that you can get cheese sauce with. That's uh -huh. unbelievable. They have desserts. They have shakes. Arby's has the most depth in a menu that is delicious from top to bottom out of any restaurant there's ever been. Yeah, without question. You know, it's time to knock it off with the stupid greasy pizza and burgers. Not only does Arby's have a menu for, or something on the menu for literally everyone, but its food is at a better quality than the fast food junk you might be used to. Get your Arby's today, both in-store and also delivered to the house if you want. Oh, yes, please. 13-hour, slow-roasted, smoked brisket delivered to your house don't even move don't even see anybody just open your door voila it's there it's like living in heaven it is it is heaven that's what arby's creates is heaven for your mouth mm -hmm. and right now with doordash you can get orders of 15 dollars and more of arby's delivered for free with promo code meats wow 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 M-E-A-T-S promo code, free delivery on orders of $15 or more from DoorDash whenever you eat the greatest fast food there is, which is Arby's. Shouldn't even be deemed fast food. It should be deemed great food because that's what it is. Arby's is great. <laughs> Join us now is a man who, um, you know, I feel like has all the no's oh, yeah. mm -hmm. in the world of knowing mm -hmm. in the NFL. A man who is on the NFL Network. Uh, he's an insider from the NFL. He's also on NFL Daily, which is a show that's on NFL Network every single day, right? Oh, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And he is uh, Thursday Night Football, continues tonight on Fox NFL Network and Amazon Prime Video, at Tom Pelissero on Twitter, ladies and gentlemen, Tom Pelissero. Nobody does a better intro. You sold those promo reads like nobody I've ever heard. Well, you know, every single time I try to get it right, and they, they, 
they adjust, which is good, by the way. Keep them on toes. Mm -hmm. yep. So it sounds fresh. So it sounds new. It's good. But you do so many things. You know, you do so many things. It's hard to keep up with everything. Thursday Night Football continues tonight. Patriots Rams on Fox, NFL Network, and Amazon Prime Video. All right. So this man works for Amazon. <laughs> this man works for NFL Network. He's online. He knows wow. everything. And Sirius XM. He has a show on Sirius XM. I mean, Tom, you are everywhere. And anytime I get a chance to intro you, it is nothing but, you know, pride and honor. Yeah. yeah. On, uh, I think it was Tuesday or maybe it was the early game on Monday. My six-year-old daughter was, you know, watching before bedtime with me. And she was like, Dad, can I type on your computer? And I'm like, yeah, sure. It's like, well, I want to type. What should I type? I go, write a story about me. And so she just typed, my dad works for football. I'm like, that's more or less right. Uh, yeah, that, that nails it. Let's talk about the football that you work for. Um, Des Bryant, false positive in warm-ups playing against the Cowboys assume now this is all coming out from his Twitter account so we don't know everything like that have all players been tested in warm-ups is this a normal thing because whenever everybody heard that he got pulled after getting tested in warm-ups after dapping up everybody I think everybody's initial reaction was like oh it was a positive test but mine was oh they're testing people in warm-ups too is this been a normal move why did he get tested and could you see why and how he would be so pissed off about how this whole thing unfolded absolutely understand the emotion for Dez, especially because it's the game against the Cowboys. I mean, this is one of the reasons he came back was to have that opportunity to play against Dallas. Um, there's some misconceptions here. First off, I would say, and I'm not disputing what Dez tweeted a short time ago, but I would say there's a, a procedure that they go through. Uh, they continue to test every day. Uh, I, I would hesitate to say it's a false positive yet because there's still a, a process uh, that's playing out. Okay. But here's what actually okay. happened. Okay, that's some interesting news. That's some breaking there, news. There are not uh, pregame warm-up tests. That, that's not a thing. With the Ravens, so every team is tested every day. When you get your test results back depends in part, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but it's true, on your proximity to the lab. A lot of teams get back their results either late at night. Some teams get them back at like 3, 4 in the morning the next day. The Ravens are so close to the lab, which is either in New Jersey or Philadelphia, I can't remember, but they're, they're relatively close. So their samples get there and are run in batches, and they oftentimes know sooner than other teams. So where there are other teams where if they had a player test positive, or in Dez's case it was an inconclusive, they may not have known till the next day. Then you would have had a player participate in the game, find out the next morning that you had an issue, and then you would go through this same confirmation procedure. So what happened with Dez was it was about two hours before kickoff that they get back this inconclusive test. So at that point, several things happen. You rerun the original sample. You do a new POC, uh, a point-of-care test, which are the rapid result ones. And then you do a new PCR test. And if the rerun and or the POC come back as positive, you're treated as positive and you're pulled. So the rerun was also inconclusive. They pulled Dez off the field, gave him a point-of-care test, that's the one that came back positive, and that's why Dez was not allowed to play in the game. So then they did go through the contact tracing procedures, which involves uh, doing an interview with Dez, doing an interview with anyone who he may have been near or people who may have had um, an understanding of, of what he had been doing through the course of the day, who you had been around. And remember, the, the NFL-NFLPA protocols are designed that if you follow them, the masking, the social distancing and all that, you shouldn't have anyone who's considered a high-risk close contact hmm. with the Broncos it was they all took off their masks for 10 20 minutes in a meeting Can't do I know it. that there were you know these Zapruder type of uh, photos of Des hugging one of his former teammates during warm-ups 
that alone, I understand the optics of it, but that alone doesn't make you a high-risk close contact. Oh, now, if they stood geez. there afterward and talked for 10 minutes and had their masks off, that other player probably would have been pulled out of the game. A hug itself is not going to get you put into that that's uh, protocol, and that's that's based upon their, their medical understanding of the virus and how it's transmitted. It's based on duration. It's based on where it occurs. Was it outdoors or was it, you know, in a car? So, so what you guys are saying, what what the NFL is saying is if our friend Boston Connor here, who has a light up Christmas sweater on, um, this is the best I've ever seen Connor dressed. Whoa. (laughs) Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. (laughs) So, the thing Looks about like an adult. The uh, <laughs> thank you, Tom. The thing about it oh. is, you know, he was so close to being like a real adult. Though the ha- the hat he chose to wear is the only one he has that doesn't match the sweater. Though, like he has two Patriots hats right in front of him that he could have just had like a full, you know, like a <laughs> like a whole thing, and he just he said no. no. That's more adult. You don't want a double letter. You don't want to have logo on the hat and on the jersey. Right? Oh, yeah. You mix it up. Yeah. Look, yeah. You have other things in the closet. Yeah. I can't believe I'm on Connor's side today. Uh, yeah. First time I like everything. Pelissero. Oh, yeah. Pelissero. Pelissero. Pelissero is Okay, so if if let's say our friend Boston Connor here does have uh, the COVID or whatever, you and I can do a dap. Okay. Oh, yeah. we can do a dap. It Hell can be yeah. quick because uh, the thing about COVID that the NFL is telling us is that that thing is a little bit of a slow moving. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Second rule. Yeah, he's got to feel the vibes a little bit. Like yeah. respiratory droplets. It's not through sweat. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, you probably shouldn't go around hugging everyone. Oh, no, no. So those point of care ones, those POC ones, I think they only have like 90, 95%, right? If the, if the tester They're that... less I- accurate than the PCR test. That's right. Although this is a new one that supposedly is more accurate, can detect the virus sooner. Yeah, but nobody knows anything. The uh, Well, they do, and we hope everybody survives. And so, <laughs> but I can see how Dez is very upset about this whole thing. Uh, let's, go no, no. Ar- let's go around the NFL a little bit. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was not at practice today. That thing just hit the internet. Somebody, a local reporter, I believe, said this is not good. I think he was in practice today. He's not in practice. Do you know anything about that? and is he what's going on down yonder he was limited in practice yesterday and it sounds like this is more a thigh injury that he suffered while working out on his own during the bye week as opposed to the shoulder which is what had kept him out of late and of course he had the high ankle sprain before that this is a guy who had never missed a game in his nfl career they give him a massive contract extension back in april 22 million dollars signing bonus the guy's played three games this entire season. Now, certainly he's had legitimate injuries along the way here, but if you're talking about team building and roster building and you're going to pay a running back $16 million a year, you can imagine that that's going to have some impact on your ability to compete when that guy is sidelined for now easily the majority of the season. Yeah, I like what Matt Rule's been doing down there. I'll be excited to see what they end up doing next year with an entire offseason as as well to kind of hopefully an entire offseason to build as well. Tonight, Patriots, Rams, any information we should have going into there whenever before we decide to bet massive amounts of monies on the Los Angeles Rams, Tom? The only thing is that Cam Newton, who you know continues to be listed as questionable in the injury report with what I've been told is an abdominal strain that he suffered a couple of weeks ago, I was told last night he's fine, he's good to go. Obviously, their offense has not uh, included a ton of downfield passing, but in terms of Cam's health, 
he should be all right uh, for this game, which is obviously really important uh, for that Patriots team. The big thing on the internet this morning was Marvin Lewis was trending uh, because I guess his name is coming back up for a lot of coaching jobs. And you've heard a lot of previous players talk about how, uh, like Damian Woody put out a tweet yesterday that was basically like, y'all forget what the Bengals were before Marvin Lewis got there. And he broke down what the behind the scenes were there. You know, obviously, I mean, we've never talked about it, but other people do. There's no indoor practice facility. Right. The Bengals have bare bones in the scouting department. Coaches acted as scouts as well. And then basically Marvin Lewis was still able to win games there. Now, he never got them to the big one or whatever to make massive moves, but he was able to win games there. Is that why people are, you know, like maybe Marvin Lewis was kind of unfairly judged immediately after him being fired by the Bengals with especially how the Bengals have been doing as of late without him? Is Jim Caldwell also another name that's potentially in that same world because of what happened with Detroit? How are you? And are there other names we should think about whenever we're looking at these coaching hirings there's there's a lot of names to think about particularly in a year like this where not only do you have uh, significant head coach movement already uh and in terms of expected openings but also unprecedented general manager movement which is going to in turn have at least some impact with the dynamics uh with the head coaching market because every team that has both open are going to be trying to find a marriage uh between those two positions in terms of Marvin Lewis, I mean, everything that Damian Woody tweeted there is totally accurate. I mean, yes, you look at Marvin, you go, he was 0-9 in uh, playoff games, I believe was the number, but he got to the playoffs all those seasons in a place where they had not won for the Bengals. They do have fewer scouts than anybody in the NFL. Their assistant coaches are at more pro days and pre-draft stuff than any other staff in the league because who else is going to do it? They don't have a, a ton of scouts to be – uh, out on the road. Uh, their facilities, you know, they, they have their locker room is just in the stadium. They're not alone in that. I mean, the Patriots have the same thing, and they've done just fine with it, but it's you know, certainly not ideal. If it rains, you don't have an indoor practice bubble. There's, there's absolutely some unique rain. In, in Cincinnati. Do you yeah, think rain is the problem, Tom? <laughs> rain? Hey, still go to the, they go to the University of Cincinnati Gymnasium and have a walkthrough indoors. You're in L.A. You're, are you in L.A.? You're, you've been in L.A. for how long? I'm in Minneapolis. Are you really? So you didn't even think about snow you there? Can't for tell, right? No, Great but set. but Cincy, snow, the snow, it, it's not yeah. the rain. If it rains, Tom, no, it's Cincinnati, Ohio, <gasps> December, it, the football that matters. You got guys that do I want to go out and run an extra rep today? Uh, it's 12 degrees and it's it's frozen. Nah, it don't. It's just yeah, they just play. Yeah, they plow the snow off the field and they go practice. I mean, it's it's, it's a different place. It's, it's, it's a different place, and they didn't win before Marvin was there. And obviously, they've had some challenges uh, over the past couple of seasons with Zach Taylor. I mean, Marvin Lewis is really respected, uh, not just as a tactician. I mean, you go back to his days as the D coordinator with the Ravens. He's a really smart football guy, but also you know the leadership he brought to that program, the fact that. Uh, with the Bengals, certainly in that time period, they took a lot of, let's say, edgy personalities, the Pac-Man Joneses and the Vontez Perfects and guys like that, and they found ways to get the most out of them, uh, you know, but for the final couple of minutes in a playoff game against oh. the Steelers where all hell breaks loose. I mean, for, for to a large degree, they were able to, to build that program uh, in a way that had consistent success, which is the most difficult thing in the NFL to do much less in Cincinnati. So I absolutely think Marvin Lewis will get calls. You remember he did last year, interviewed with the Cowboys. They ended up hiring uh, Mike McCarthy. I'm sure that there was some you know, thought that that was a sham interview, but the Cowboys really did want to meet with Marvin uh, and talk with him about the job and, and just understand his, his football background. I would expect that he'll get calls this year. If you're talking about former uh, NFL coaches. Jim Caldwell would fit in that mix too. He was a guy that I was surprised did not get any calls for head coaching jobs 
last year. I believe the Eagles reached out to him at one point about an offensive assistant position. Uh, but I would I would think that he's going to get calls uh, through this year. Uh, other former coaches, I mean, Leslie Frazier in Buffalo, I would expect to get some calls. Tom, 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 really before you get, Tom, before you get to the other uh, head coaches that were previous head coaches and kind of away from football, I have to ask you directly. Are you going to go and make a documentary about these coaches working as if they are still head football coaches in the NFL like you did for Mike McCarthy and get somebody a job <laughs> on a potential fraudulent situation <laughs> happening in a basement that was maybe like a movie set? Is that what, Tom, are you going to do that for anybody, just so we know, so that we can bet on FanDuel that Tom Pelissero is going to get somebody a head? Yeah. Go to Jim Caldwell's house. Yeah. I, I'm a big Jim Caldwell guy. If we can get you to make the documentary that Jim Caldwell has been coaching this entire time, I think he gets it's a job somewhere immediately, much like McCarthy to Dallas. Did you hear our entire rant the other day? You probably didn't because you're on Amazon, NFL, Sirius, and everything like that. We we got we got so far into a conspiracy Wednesday. Um, we think Mike McCarthy, Mike Nolan, and them. I think we think they potentially set up a set for you to walk into to shoot. Like uh, we think that they just they just drew all those things on dry erase board like the night before you got there. Like we think that is a potential thing that happened. We're not saying definitely, but we're sa- did you get any feelings that that was potentially what happened in there? No. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's good. Hey, by the way, thanks for clearing the air. Thanks for clearing the air. We're happy about that. This. I can tell you that's not the case because I visited Mike McCarthy months before we did that and talked about it, and he already was getting some of those things in place. Mike Nolan was not a part of that. It was it was uh, Frank Signetti, who's now the offensive coordinator uh, at Boston College, Scott McCurley, who is on staff uh, with, with McCarthy in Dallas, and Jim Hazlitt, uh, who's okay. on the linebackers coach in Tennessee. They were they were the coaches who got together and were going through that entire uh, <laughs> process and, and you know analyzing their playbooks, analyzing a ton of tape. Uh, you know, certainly the results are not what Mike McCarthy or the Cowboys expected in year one. I would say this in Mike's defense. I don't know how many coaches in the NFL would go on a Super Bowl run without your starting quarterback and all five of your starting offensive linemen. They've had some unique challenges when you top, put COVID on top of it where you didn't have an opportunity when you're going from a two-call defense uh, that they had been running previously to run in Mike Nolan's multiple scheme. I mean, it's unacceptable when you give up almost 300 rushing yards to the Ravens. I'm not saying it's not, uh, but there's there are, have been some you know aggravating factors along the way uh, that I think you'll you'll see some progress in in 2021. Okay, that's good to know, by the way, because we didn't say it was definitely happening. No, no, no. no, no, no we no, we were no. just saying like there was a chance that maybe you know. Uh, He's a, he's a Pittsburgh guy. Maybe mm-hmm. he bamboozled Tom Pelissero. Maybe we thought there was a chance. But by the way, whenever we watched that documentary you made, we everybody was like, oh, yeah. "Get McCarthy Look, on our sideline." Yeah, right it. now, I mean, it was unbelievable what he got, Connor. Yeah, Tom. Uh, one year ago today, I believe that posted. Too. Oh. It was all. It was great work, by the way. I mean, it got a guy a job. It, yeah, I mean, it was unbelievable, Tom. Go ahead, Connor. Tom, uh, what's going to happen with Carson Wentz? Is he going to go back to the Eagles, or are teams actually interested in bringing him? in to be their quarterback it's a really good question connor because there's a lot of complications for the eagles with trying to trade uh or even release carson wentz at this point you know the contract extension that he signed uh, less than two years ago he's got 14.5 or 15.4 million dollars in fully guaranteed base salary in 2021 there's now a 10 million dollar roster bonus in 2021 so over 25 million (laughs) dollars if they were to trade him his cap number next year would be like $35 million, which is right about what it is anyway. If they were to release him, they'd still owe him that additional fully guaranteed money, 
and then have all that unamortized bonus proration on top of it that all would hit their cap over two years. So it's not impossible. I mean, if there's one thing we learned from, for instance, the Antonio Brown situation in Pittsburgh, where everybody went, there's no way you can trade him. $20 million dead money on the cap. Well, they did it. They took a one-year hit, said we're going to take it all right now. They trade him out to the Raiders, uh, and then they drafted five more receivers like they always do. Not that they've had the big, greatest success with the receivers the past couple of weeks, but you know they draft Chase oh, Claypool. Oh, they, oh, they move on. Boom, 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 boom. Boom. My breaking news that they've dropped a lot of passes. No, no, no. You're just kind of rubbing it in. Yeah, just, yeah, just kind of just checking. No, point being, if, if you were – what you'd have to make yourself believe, if you're another team looking to trade for Carson Wentz, is that you can recapture the guy in 2017 that was an MVP candidate before he tore up his knee uh, with the Rams. You know, he had a concussion since then. He had the back injury since then. This year – there's so much stuff going on around him. I mean, let's remember the number of different offensive line combinations they've used. You lose Lane Johnson for the season. Jason Peters has been in and out of the lineup. Uh, Dillard, who was supposed to be their left tackle, got hurt. That's the only reason that Jason Peters is back. He's been out all year. Zach Ertz has missed a lot of time. Alshon Jeffrey missed a bunch of time, came back, looked like he's not running the same way. Miles Sanders missed a little bit of time. I mean, th- there's all this stuff. None of that is an excuse for how Carson Wentz has played. But this, this has been a, a really difficult year them to build any kind of continuity uh, with that group and then you know Doug Peterson is a really collaborative type of coach he wants to make everybody feel like they're involved well when you've got different you know three or four different people calling plays within a single game I talked to an offensive coordinator for a different team uh, who knew that about that situation just said you can't call a game like that there's just no way because the way that the play caller has to operate it just it doesn't work when you're you're passing it around uh, the way that the Eagles have been so there's a lot of different things they're kind of throwing at a wall, just trying to see if they can can spark this thing. It's a long answer to your question of what happens with with Carson Wentz. Can he come back to the Eagles? You know, it's going to depend in part what does Jalen Hurts do. It also depends in part who's calling the shots there because I don't think that you know I, I can tell you that Jeffrey Lurie is not happy with the way that things have been going at this point. There potentially could be some changes coming, uh, and then you're also going to have to look at you know the the cost analysis of unloading Carson Wentz, who's going to cost you a ton on your cap in 2021 and maybe 2022 at a time the cap goes down, as opposed to are there things we can do to get Carson Wentz back to that guy that we had a few years ago? Hey, Tom, uh, as a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan, <laughs> one of the biggest Steelers fans you'll ever know. All right, I saw a report that uh, our quarterback, Big Ben Roethlisberger, might be a little banged up. Are you hearing anything Sizes. out of Steelers camp? Uh, is he going to be okay? Is he going to suit up against the Bills on Sunday? Not listed on the injury. I don't know what that was. Not listed on the injury. <laughs> okay, good, good. Yesterday with the knee, he had his normal Wednesday oh, off from practice. He, last week, I mean, his knee was in rough enough shape that he didn't practice the entire week. You have to say it's a good sign that the knee's not listed on the injury report this week, but certainly worth monitoring. Again, at a time that that Steelers, you know, passing game in general has not looked like they've had a lot of timing, Tom. which – Makes sense when you you haven't been practicing at all. Hey, Tom, that's that guy just became a diehard Steelers fan last week, and as soon as he became a Steelers fan, they lost. So that is the uh, – he's potentially jinxing an entire city and a fan base. Last question before we let you go, and we can't thank you enough for your time. Very generous of your time today. We, we know you're a busy man, especially with Thursday Night Football tonight on mm-hmm. NFL Network, Fox, and Amazon Prime. Russell Wilson's broken. <laughs> How do they fix that? What's going on over there? 
I wouldn't say Russell Wilson's broken. He's well, broken. Tom, 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 you're not allowed to say it, but we are. He's broken. Mm-hmm. He, he was the guy guaranteed to win the MVP this year, and then all of a sudden something happened. Ten turnovers in three games, and then uh, it, it's a very different Russell Wilson. What's going on up there? Why do they think that's potentially happening? Well, how many times did they run the ball in the second half last week? Like seven, I think. That, that's not the way they're built. Come they're not on, built come. to go to a drop-back passing offense, particularly when they're in – Close games. I mean, the, the let Russ cook thing got fairly out of control here. You know, Brian Schottenheimer over the course of yeah. the past year, I think, has done a good job in terms of just trying to balance some things out, create different opportunities for Russell Wilson. But they're still not a a pass-first type of a football team. They tried to be that last week, got away from their identity. I think you're going to see Pete Carroll wanting to hammer the ball about 40 times on the ground this week. All right. Thank you so much. Who is that? Are we breaking news? No caller ID. I got to go. Zash, no! At Tom Pelissero, spelled at Tom Pelissero. <laughs> He'll probably be breaking news here in the next couple seconds. I just got to. It wasn't two hours before kickoff, says Des. He quoted our. Uh, okay, so Des Bryant has answered Tom Pelissero. <laughs> <laughs> so, by the way, Tom Pelissero might have been getting a call from Des Bryant right mm-hmm. there. Ah. Um, so, remember what Tom Pelissero told us. Tom Pelissero said that. They get the their responses back from their PCR test because they're closer to the Jersey lab that a lot of people are using. So normally the test the, the day of the game in the morning wouldn't come until the night or the next morning for some teams because they're far away. But since Baltimore is so close to the Jersey lab, they got the response back. Then he went on to say that if it comes back as inconclusive, they would do a POC, which is a point of care test and another PCR test. If the point of care test, which is a 20-minute response, time which is by all accounts a 90 to 95 percent accuracy which is lower than the pcr that's supposed to be 98 or 99 percent accurate on whether or not you have COVID. if the point of care test that they gave to him uh, after learning of the inconclusive morning pcr test that came back as positive i believe and the other pcr to the the rerun of the morning test also came back inconclusive is what tom pelicero said right, right? Mm-hmm. so it wasn't like he got pulled out of warm-ups just randomly picked given a test he failed it he now is kicked out of the game this was an entire series of events that led to this says tom pelicero des bryant responds and says it wasn't two hours before kickoff if it was two hours before kickoff i shouldn't have been able to walk in the stadium we have to be there two hours before the kickoff tom does make sense does make sense because that is the cutoff time for most teams is you have to be there two hours before the game guys come earlier but that's normally like the cutoff for everybody so who knows how this whole thing played out i would assume the series that Tom laid out was probably near accurate. And I would assume that just the timing is a Mm. bit different because Des talking to other guys on the field, you start doing the hours of when he would have been already at the facility and on the field beforehand warm-up wise. I don't know. It's interesting. You can see why Des would be pissed Mm -hmm. off though. Not happy about it. No. Not happy about Rightfully it. Rightfully so. He, he just quit. I mean, if you if he's not busy, he should come on and clear everything up with us if he really wants to get the word out yeah, there on his experience. You know? And by the way, did he quit? What's going on? He, he, he basically said he did on Twitter. I saw Ryan Clark say, you earn these reps, and it's real. Like, hey, Des, you worked your ass off to get back here now, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's something I think a lot of people, probably friends of his, would be like, uh, don't quit. Now, granted, when I saw that he said he quit, I retweeted it because that was an incredible tweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, that was one of the, I knew that tweet was going to go massive or whatever. Uh, and then he says, yes, I'm coming back. I'm being smart. Uh, okay, good. All right. Mm-hmm. It was just, you know, in the middle of the moment. And I would assume as that tweet was going, he was like, I'm not going to quit. He probably had to tell people people by yeah, the way yeah but the tweet was going so big he was like i'm also not 
I mean, this thing's already at 10,000 retweets. <laughs> yeah. this, this thing is going to go. That was just a good tweet. He just mm-hmm. had some wine, calmed down a little bit. Uh-huh. He's, he's, he, he's a wine guy? Well, that's what he tweeted, I believe, mm-hmm. later in the night was mm-hmm. that he was yeah. rela- he was going to have some wine. and yeah. White? Red wine? What do you think it I, was? He used the red emoji. Hey, I, he did. How come yeah. everybody gets into the wine? It feels like a lot of people get into the wine. I was just assume it's like the sophisticated blackout where they're like, uh, yeah, we're, you know, we're sophisticated here. We're drinking out of these weird glasses as opposed to the bottles and bags mm-hmm. used to drink out. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's an interesting thing. I've never really got into wine, but there's people that love it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The antioxidants in it. Yeah. I had a big glass of wine last night. Really? Red? Mm-hmm. Red? Yeah. White? Red. Red. Mm-hmm. And do you do the thing to check the legs and all that? Oh, yeah. No, not really. And I also forgot that this wine glass was like basically 65 ounces. It kind of oh. got carried away a little oh, bit, to be right. honest. So you drank they, a bottle last night. Yeah, yeah. They are big. Yeah. <laughs> Those well, wine glasses. That's because they're supposed to be, so you can do all the yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not bad, though. Get the aromatics out of there. No hangover? I thought wine no. gives hangovers, doesn't it? D- it? Depends. Depends on... That's that bagged wine I was Early smoking. night, oh. no hangover. Franzia? That's right. Smack it. So sorry to interrupt. I want to let you know that if you're like me, which I'm not sure there's a lot of humans, but I assume that there's individual problems that I have that a lot of people have. Sure. Okay. I understand I'm a buffoon and end up in dumb situations, so I'm not assuming a lot of people are like that, but I do understand that there's probably a lot of people out there that can't fall asleep at night. Yeah, absolutely. My mind never stops. Mm -hmm. It's always running, and it seems like as soon as the head hits the pillow and the game is wrapped up and maybe I've already watched the highlights and I've seen what's going on in the world on Twitter, the brain just starts running and running and running and running. Gift and a curse. It is. It's a gift and a curse. A lot of great ideas come from those times. But also the next morning is potentially a little bit of a drag because I don't get as much sleep and rest as people that are able to just lay down and fall asleep. My wife can do so. I've always been incredibly jealous of that, but I cannot. I'm there. It's going to be a while. Yeah. I know a lot of people like that. Well, CBDMD, which is a CBD company that has the highest quality of CBD, had created something called CBDPM, which is a tincture, which is a drop that you put under your tongue about 30 minutes before you want to pass out, and it puts you out like a light, dude. I use it every single night. CBDPM blends 500 milligrams of superior CBD. It's great CBD, so your body will uh, help recover with sleep-promoting ingredients like melatonin, valerian root, and chamomile to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. Oh, so they're not messing around. They're not messing around. If you are up you know, late with your kids, your pets, your thoughts, your existential dread, whatever it is, you can turn to CBD PM and get the rest you need to handle anything that comes your way in this wild ass crazy time. I use it nightly. It puts me out. I'm very thankful for it. It has changed my life for the better and it has changed my sleep schedule for the better as well. And to make it even easier to try CBD PM or any of CBDMD's premium CBD oil products, they're offering all listeners of this show 25% off your next order when you use the promo code McAfee at checkout. Once again, go to CBDMD.com and use promo code MCAFEE and you'll get 25% off your purchase of high quality CBD oil products from CBDMD. That CBD PM plays no games, dude. Put you out. Make you feel good. I need to try that. It's awesome. Uh, so is this conversation. Let's get back to it. <laughs> Joining us now is a man who is a just legendary football player. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're looking up his stats. Once had 20 sacks in one season. <laughs> 20 sacks in one season. Let me get this right. Nine-time Pro Bowler, seven-time All-Pro, two-time sack leader, 2000s All-Decade team. He'll be up for the Hall of Fame, I believe, in a year or two from now. Going to be first ballot, Super Bowl champion, ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Ware. Yeah! 
Hey, man, first of all, happy to see that you do just live in a goddamn weight room. That is, that makes a lot of sense, by the way. That makes a lot of sense. Is, hey, you, li you live behind the booth and I'm in the booth. Yeah, I can respect that. The, um, I want, let's get right to it. You're launching a fitness app called Driven to Win. Uh, is that because your entire life humans have just seen you walk by and go, well, goddamn, I wish I was built like that guy. Is, is that kind of what the Driven to Win app is, or is it you just... Know, things you've worked on it's between those lines man just like you said but it's probably the quarterbacks the quarterbacks looked at me and was like damn i'm tired of getting sacked by demarcus so i decided to come up with a fitness app smart but no man i've been working on this for like three years and you know being a computer science major i wanted to give people a different experience on what fitness is about right i mean it's, it's like my new locker room is not a weight room so i'm able to motivate people in a way to where you get a true experience so i I, once you download it, which you are going to download it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I am. Yeah, I need it, by the way. Yeah. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it uses uh, 3D models, augmented reality, uh, artificial intelligence. So it's actually a real virtual trainer in your pocket, not just saying that, hey, you're going to just get personalized workouts. So it grows with you along the way. And so, it, it, dude, if you just prop your phone up wherever you are, if you're at home, if you're in the gym, it'll show you uh, from an augmented reality figure right there in your space, how to do the exercises, you know, the variables, you know, time on attention, reps. It tells you everything. So what do you, you just put $10 billion into this app? If I had $10 billion, I... No, 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 no. I didn't put them. Yeah, but it seems like this is a very. This is going to be user experience is going to be something. I feel like as a computer engineer, what did you say you were a computer science computer science major? Yeah, that's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. So that's like a big part of it is like let's do, make this user friendly and gr you said grow with me. So my my augmented reality trainer that's going to be in my phone is going to take a look at me day one and say, all right, this dude looks like a sack of potatoes. But <laughs> in a week we are going to grow and then we're going to grow. Is that it? Like kind of learn? It's like a smart trainer almost it'll kind of evolve yeah, with you it's like it's like a smart training so first of all it's almost like when we work out you know the coaches that give us a good you yeah. know body composition which they it, it does that and then it, it assesses you and it tells you okay this is the workout plan for you um if you're a beginner okay great if you're advanced that's great too it puts you in your program and then it's saying these are the phases that you're going to go through when you train so let's just say that when we train you go through stability first right? Hypertrophy is building, endurance, we're going to do all the running, and then strength and power, and then we start all back over uh, during the season. So it takes you through those cycles so you don't plateau. Um, but when I mean it grows with you, you can actually talk into the phone and using voice inflection, which is a, a program, and also the heart rate um, off of your Apple Watch, it'll tell you how tired you are. So like if you need to be at level two, if you're running, and it's, um, if you're at level three, if that's an indicator, It'll actually tell you that, hey, you need to slow down to give you 45 seconds or a minute of rest. So it learns the more inf information you put into it, the more it learns. So how, pretty cool. How hands on were you with this? This sounds absolutely amazing. You, this was it sounds like a passion project of yours almost at this. point. Yeah. I mean, as soon as I retired, man, um, there were three. I had three back surgeries. I had one neck surgery. I couldn't walk. And I started going back into, man, how did I recover when I played? What did I need to do? I started doing, you know, I got, you know, help with muscle activation therapy, learning how the muscles work, functional movement screening testing, got certified in that, and then became a certified personal trainer to learn how we train. And now putting all of that inside of an app. And, you know, it's not one of those things where, okay, DeMarcus, we're just going to slap your name on it. No, 
you build a team. You build a team of the best app developers. You build a team of the best augmented reality people. You work with, you know, companies that, that are going to support you in what you're doing. And every single thing in here, I film myself. I, this gym, I actually built this whole studio just to film all of the stuff inside of the app. So it's not like one of those things where I, he just slapped his name on it. You know, I put all the hard work in into doing this, and that's why it took so long. How many sacks am I gonna get, Marcus? <laughs> if I start hey, and make sure. Hey, wide, wide my stance. All right, the left leg. Yeah, there we go. Ooh, oh, yeah. yeah, four point stance. Four. Yeah, there you go. Hand back. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And now come out of your hips. Come out yeah. of your hips. Oh. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> There you go, baby. Hey, yes. And that was before the augmented reality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now imagine when you get this in your hands, oh. what you going to be able to do then? I, I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about kicking a football anymore. No, no, you no. were great at that. I'm not talking about that. We're talking Come ice on, picks, man. That's what we're talking Spin about. moves, rip moves, every single thing you want to do, man. But I also uh, added some other athletes in there, like Vaughn Miller, just to name a few. I'm going to be calling on you in a minute, too, for some, some good Especially work when you start talking about kicking and all. Yes, I'm not good at the yeah. fitness. Thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You you don't have to worry about it because that's why I can create the character of you oh, that's yeah. going to do the there exercises perfectly. Come on, yes. yeah. I can put a six like those, pack. Hey, yeah. like those cartoons you. on Fox when uh -huh. they draw like Andy <laughs> Dalton's got like the full. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I like that augmented reality. I like that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So it's 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 for everybody though because even if. Somebody don't want to work out and me be their trainer. I also have a, a woman mentor in there, Angela Daniel. So all of the content actually changes from the warm-ups, the activations, the lift, the avatar lifts, even the recovery section in there. It all changes to a whole nother app. So it's almost like two apps in one. Well, that's awesome to hear. How am I going to do this? How do we do this? We just download the app. When's it coming out? Download. Yeah, down, no, it came out yesterday. So download. Congratulations. It yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. We should have yeah, done man. a little bit more research. Dude. <laughs> Look, you didn't do your dang research. Yeah, not man. at all. Yeah, not at all. That's, I, I need an augmented reality in my pocket telling me day-to-day -day plans. But congratulations. Exactly. We're going to get on that for real. I've actually been I, – I was on keto for like five, six weeks, and I got real thin. But these last four days, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that for the rest of my life. Just the pizza is so damn good and stuff like that. But I got to get on a I got to get on a program. And I think yeah. if I could look like DeMarcus Ware, that yeah. seems like yeah, one yeah. that I would like to get all in. If Dude, that was I, and I tell people all the time, like, they're like, I can't do your exercises, DeMarcus. I mean, you're lifting too much weight. I said, that's the point. I want to show you where you can be, but I want you to be the best you. Like, I, I don't I want you to start where you're going to start. And then I want to build a better you. I don't want you to be like me. I just want to be a model that's motivating you and pushing you to where you need to be, not be like me. Well, you know who needs to be like you? The Dallas Cowboys. They <laughs> hey, DeMarcus, as a guy who – now, granted, you won a Super Bowl with the Broncos, obviously, your, your yeah. legendary career and everything like that. But I think a lot of people, whenever they hear DeMarcus Ware, they think of your time with the Cowboys because it was so long, right? And you were such a dominant right. player there. I would assume you still have connects there, contacts there. What the yeah. hell is going on down there? Man? That place, they look broken. Troy Aikman almost sounded heartbroken on the cat. And this weekend, first time ever getting flexed out of Sunday night football in the history of the Dallas Cowboys. Instead of getting flexed into Sunday night football, they got flexed out of Sunday night football. The state of the Cowboys is a bad one right now, man. Hey man, it's hard, man, because I started watching the season at the beginning. And I'm like, all right, I see that the games are close. 38 to 45, 37 to 36. Right, I'm like, okay, they're still not winning football games. And then it started getting to the point to where, you know, Dak gets hurt 
and the offense goes somewhere to where now they're scoring seven to maybe 13 points a game, and it started dialing back into the defense, right? Defense giving up all of those points. And I started thinking to myself, man, what is going on? I see Alden Smith. I know Demarcus Lawrence, Leighton Vanderess, Jalen Smith, just to name a few of them guys. I'm like, they got a plethora of good athletes. And then I started thinking about, but what about the offseason? Did the offseason play a role where, you know how during the offseason, we always establish our mantra yep. during the season, what we want to accomplish. And then the guys that are putting that C on their chest to be a captain and holding them accountable. They didn't have any of that. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, all right, well, then they got a new coach. So he didn't instill his character, you know, with McCarthy coming in. New offense, uh, about the same with, with Keelan, but also a whole new defense. So I was like, it was, a, it was a whole new amount of new stuff that's brought in, but there was no structure to be able to sustain it. And I think that's what's crushing the Dallas Cowboys. Amongst all the injuries of the offensive line, they can't beat Zeke. He's not running the ball like he needs to. And the leadership on defense, like, where is that at? That, that's where I'm coming from. Like, where is that leadership on defense where you get that? It's almost like that PR guy at halftime. Yeah. You're like, oh, you motherfuckers, I need to do this. <laughs> like, like, where is that guy? Yeah, I have a question for you with, with that whole thing. Because week six, and I talked to this, I, I talked mm-hmm. with AJ Hawk about this, Aaron about this, I think Robert Mathis. Like, basically, everybody I've talked to that ever played in the league. Week six, with this, everything you just talked about, no offseason, no real installation of any mottos or character or traits that the team's going to have and everything like that. Week six, they were already, the locker room was already leaking to the media that the coaches were terrible, right? And we thought, like, that's the worst thing of this entire, you can lose (laughs) however many games, but if in week six, already, yeah, that's what I'm saying, it's so early. Is that what the, like, the Cowboys are always like this enigma you know like massive amount of hype a lot of great names on the team national television every single weekend and then it seems like for whatever reason it either doesn't pan out how it's supposed to be because i think expectations are always very high why is it is it the culture in dallas is it the locker room is it the people is it this year specifically because of all that like what do you think it is what why is it the way it is you know what man i think it's one of those things where the star has so much star power, right? And, uh, you know, when you go to a lot of the other teams, you know, there's a lot of Indians that want to follow a chief and then things get accomplished because there's not a lot of people talking and trying to be the leader of the team. But when you're with the Dallas Cowboys, now everybody wants to be the star. There's a whole bunch of chiefs, but there's no followers. So now people want to do their own thing. And when you run into situations like that, then you start having a lot of people out there doing their own thing, being in over here and so so many different places. And now, guess what? You're losing football games because everybody want to be the star in, in, in the spotlight. That's so interesting because whenever you say it, it makes a lot of sense because you can see how that can happen because – when you're on national TV, when everybody's a big name, which goes into right. what we say, like there's so many big names on the thing, but we never talk about the personalities having to gel in the locker room or kind of come together like we do at other places when big names sign to a place. We always go like, oh, are they going to be able to fit in the locker room or they, will they all buy in or whatever? With the Dallas Cowboys, that's every single year because so many people are made into celebrities and personalities because they play for the Dallas Cowboys. I, that's something I yeah. haven't really thought about until you said it, and it makes a lot of sense whenever you say it. Yeah, so so put it like this, right? Let's say if you go to the Dallas Cowboys right now, and I ask you this question, you're going to say, who are the leaders on the team? 
and you probably don't have an answer. But if you go back to when I won the Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos, you're going to say, who are the leaders on the team? You start thinking about, okay, Peyton Manning, all right, DeMarcus Ware on defense, and then everything else gets quiet, and you're like, okay, well, and then there was a whole bunch of amount of other great players like Aqib Tlaib, you know, uh, T.J. Ward, Vaughn Miller, but there were leaders on the team that you can actually point out and say, I'm going to point my finger at this guy, and he's going to get the team right. And it wasn't the coaches. It wasn't like the coaches saying, oh, it was Kubiak or Del Rio at the time. No, I'm going to point at DeMarcus, and I'm going to point at Peyton. And I don't see that. There's no no guy to point the finger at that saying, hey, are you getting the team right on offense? Are you getting the team right on defense? Where is that? Did you enjoy that role? I did. I mean, as a captain, dude, 90 guys every year, like I wanted to. I wanted to get guys right, you know, it was one of those things where I'm a mentor you on the field, I'm a mentor you on the field and off the field. Like it, it didn't matter because that was my role. You nominated me to be the captain. So when I wake up at 6 a.m. in the morning, I'm going to get my mind right. When I tell you what's up and how the team needs to be ran, you need to get your mind right because no matter what, I'm going to hold myself accountable on what I need to do and I need for you to do the same. Yeah, I wore the C one year. <laughs> you know, when I woke up in the morning, I was like, all right. Let's keep everybody on a good fucking mood today. <laughs> hey, hey. And they got and they and they were in a good, in a good mood because you was kicking. Hey, hey, by the way, hey, by the way, that's a big deal though. I think the glue guy is a big deal. This whole thing. Um, when you won a Super Bowl with Peyton, and you talk about Peyton there, um, and I got a chance, obviously, watch Peyton work in Indianapolis. Right. Peyton ran the offense. Right. It, right. We we had offense coordinators. Okay. We had quarterback coaches. But even but if you ask. If even if you ask them, right, they'll be like, "Yeah, this is Peyton's offense." Adam Gase has gotten seven jobs since that year with Peyton, or whatever. Is it was it not amazing to watch Peyton kind of operate after all your years in the NFL? I assume a season other people watching the way Peyton operates. And I'm learning this is not normal. He was a very different. The way he ran things was very different. Because I say it to AJ, I'm like, "Is this kind of what it was like with Aaron?" Like Aaron's like telling people, "Like, okay, yeah, you get off the field, you get on the field. We're going to redo this in practice." He's like, "No, I think Peyton had his own." Was that a special thing, or had you seen like? Did Romo do that or anybody else in the past to kind of operate the way Peyton operated? I, th I think uh, no one operated like Peyton. Uh, he was, it was one of those things where when we're on the field, you know, from an offensive and defensive standpoint, if they messed up, you know, we just started over. It wasn't like, I mean, we can be 10 plays in and we mess up on three plays. We start off at, we start back over at number one and we, the practice is prolonged because we, we messed up. Same thing on defense. But then in the locker room and also in the meeting rooms, I've never seen a guy, you know how we had those huge um, meeting rooms. He would actually put all the offensive line, he'll put everybody in their position, and he would be in the back of the room. And he would call the play out. And they would, you know, put on the play in the projector, on the projector, and he would say, hey, so left guard, what do you have on this play right here? And he would actually set it up like this in practice. <laughs> and he said, if I'm going to say spaghetti, uh, meatballs, and pizza, what are, the, what are you guys going to do? And, you know, what are you going to do right um, right receiver? What are you going to do slot receiver? Running back. The running backs right beside him. What are you going to do? I said, man, that is so cool to really uh, watch film and put the guys in the positions where now they actually are looking at the right guard or left guard or they see the wide receiver where he needs to be. So he portrayed it on in the film room as if you were on the field. 
to make it real. And I was like, man, that is, that's a whole different beast. And he did that every single play. It's wild because there's stories, obviously, before I got to the Colts, legendary stories of Peyton just in those team meetings being like, well, actually, that's not going to be how it goes. It's going to go like this and sudden just kind of sits back down. And then everybody's like, yeah, well, yep, that, that, that is how it's right. going to go. Right. Like, it didn't matter right. who was speaking. It didn't matter if it was general manager. It didn't matter if it was head coach. It didn't matter if it was the doctor talking about medical stuff. It was like if Peyton stood up and was like, hey, we're not going to do that on our day off, actually. That'll, that'll happen on Wednesday. So then just sit back down. It's like, all right, everybody take okay. a, That's happening on Wednesday. <laughs> it was like, yeah, everybody and was and like. It's like, okay, guys, uh, on Wednesday, uh, we're going to do all of our run plays. We're going to run through, you know, how we're going to attack the trenches today. And Peyton's like, okay, well, I think we need to do two minutes because we're going to start the game off in two minutes. And I'm looking like, on Wednesday? Wednesday is actually past first day. And you're running a two minute on Wednesday? Guess what? We ran two minutes. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It didn't matter. Hey, who was, a, who was a tackle that gave you problems? Who was an offensive lineman that whenever you played against, you knew it was going to be maybe a little bit more difficult? Not that you hadn't met much trouble with anybody. 20 sacks in one season is hilarious to think about. But who was somebody that you knew like every week you were going to play them, it was going to potentially be problematic? Dude, it was – I go back into my earlier years with Walter Jones. Walter Jones was one of them dudes where, you know, it took me maybe 10 games – playing against him in like three years to get a sack on Walter Jones. Um, I remember watching tape on Walter and, and they were like, hey, this is a dude he doesn't work out in the offseason. I'm like, I should be alright then. <laughs> then. I started I started to see him get like chains and stuff with the car behind him and like start walking up the hill with the car and I started thinking to myself, okay, well, that's, that's pretty cool. And then he started you know, started watching film and, and when he hit one of those defensive ends. I'm talking about Michael Strahan, you know, Jason Taylor, guys that I looked up to when I was playing college, and he would wash them to the sideline. I was like, is this real? <laughs> is, is this dude really doing this to the guys that – and I'm just coming in as my first and second year. Is he actually doing this to these guys that have been playing for nine or ten years at the Hall of Famers? Yes, he was. And he did the same thing to me, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, dude, Walter Jones, he was a beast when I played against him. I mean, look that guy up, man. He was, what, first ballot Hall of Famer, monster. Man. Yeah, exactly. That dude right there, he's from Alabama, okay? I mean, corn-fed guy, when he puts <laughs> his hands on you, you're not going anywhere. Hey, yeah, he put his hands on Matt Hasselbeck's jaw in training oh, camp and knocked him out, by the way. <laughs> the story. What do you got, Ty? Uh, DeMarcus, you sacked damn near everyone you played against, but who was, like, the one quarterback who it was just tough to get your hands on him or maybe he escaped more sacks uh, by you than anyone else? Dude, it, it was Phillip Rivers. It took me 12 years. You hear what I just said? <laughs> 12 a long time. years to get a sack on Phillip Rivers. Yeah. Um, when I played in Dallas, every single time I played him, he you know, talked a lot of trash, by the way. And he said, DeMarcus, you're never going to get a sack on me. I'm going to take a penalty <laughs> if you sack me. I'm going to actually get an intentional grounding. I'm just going to throw the ball out, out of bounds. Every single time I hit him, he would like throw it down like it was a screenplay. He would throw it outside, and I'm pissed. <laughs> and the last time, listen, the last time we played him in Denver, I came around the corner. And he saw me and he laid down. You know, I wanted to hit him. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah. you know, this is like my moment. And I just touched him knowing that there was going to be a sack. I mean, it didn't feel yeah. like a sack because I didn't hit him. 
Yeah. But I still got that sack. Yeah, you got it. On paper, it's a sack. Well, and Phil had to lay there and take that, you know, for 12 years. <laughs> Phil, you go. Yeah, he had to lay there and take that, you know. And him him doing intentional groundings, though, so you can't get the satisfaction of a sack might be one of my favorite things I've ever heard a quarterback do. That is – that's next, that's next level mental warfare, by the way. Yeah. Oh. And it, and it made me, dude, I was, every single time I was so upset, every single time I hit him, imagine like you're hitting him and he just does like this, you know, <laughs> just throw it up a little. <laughs> I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Oh, he's awesome. like, D-Ware, I can't give it to you, man. I can't give it to you. <laughs> that's awesome. Connor, what do you got? Uh, yeah, DeMarcus, we always talk about pass rushing tandems, and obviously you were with Von Miller when he won uh, Super Bowl MVP, but is there any other defensive line units that kind of stand out to you in your career for being kind of a special one? Um, in my career, I probably would think about um, the White Freeney, um, that tandem with uh, who was that? Um, Robert Mathis. It was the White Freeney. Yes. Yeah, it's White and Robert. Robert. Yeah. yeah no, it was, no, it was Robert Matthews. Oh, Robert yeah. Matthews and Mathis. Mathis. And, Have a little Robert respect. Ma- Robert Mathis. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm lost for words. Robert yeah, Mathis right. and uh, the White Freeney. Man, when those two dudes came around the corner with them spin moves, mm-hmm. it was – I mean, you probably were there to, to witness Oh, yeah. This. It was awesome. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it was awesome. Unbelievable. You, you, you couldn't stop it, and they were so fast. It didn't matter who you were playing against. You probably can run the ball against them a little bit, but if you pass that football <laughs> – you're going to have a long day. Well, and you know this. Whenever Peyton was a quarterback, they load, Bill Polian loaded up on the offense so they would be ahead whenever they're in the lead. Okay, we'll get two incredible pass rushers. They have to pass the entire time. It was a great recipe. I mean, it was a really good recipe, a lot of success. Same, it, same, same in Denver. Yep. Same in Denver. Um, Peyton scored 27 by the half, and he looked at me and Vaughn and was like, hey, it's time for y'all to – Hey, I did my job now. Well, hey, <laughs> we're probably gonna hand the ball off a little bit more in the second half here. Okay, you guys, gonna, right, right. you guys, gonna probably, look, probably gonna punt and have a couple field goals here and there. <laughs> uh, this has been awesome chat with yeah. you, man. Nick, what do you got? Demarcus, you're obviously a physical specimen. How did you end up at Troy? Oh, great question, dude. Dude, in high school, it was what I got one scholarship to go to Troy. I, I remember sitting in detention. And Tracy Rocker came in there and he said, hey, if you get out of detention, I'll give you a college scholarship. I'm, I'm a wide receiver, by the way, 185, 190 pounds, about six foot two. Really? And I went down to Troy, got a scholarship, and they put me a linebacker. I got crushed. They said, DeMarcus, if we put a little weight on you, you know, we can redshirt you this year. We put you at defensive end. And I remember the starter got hurt and they put me in the football game. And it was against Nebraska. I got like one sack. And the next game, he was still out because he had neck problems. We played UAB. So they were still in the Division One bracket with us because we just went from Division One AA. And I had like four sacks, 14 tackles. It was crazy. Like, it was like six tackles for a loss. It was something crazy. And they were like, well, we're going to leave DeMarcus in the game. I know he's only like 220 pounds. We'll just leave him in there Smart. and see what he can do. And that's where my career started. Yeah, smart. <laughs> I, I'm surprised the coach didn't come up to you. Uh, hey, kid, you're not catching another fucking football. Yeah. Just want to let you know that they, they, you're going to put your hand in the dirt every single play. And you're going to rush. And you are going to make the Hall of Fame, by the way. Congrats on everything. We cannot Thanks, wait to man. get started Thanks. on D2W. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. We just checked it out. We, we Go ahead, Dick. I just had a, I was, I was looking up his college stats real quick. Do you, have a, do you have a punt return in your career, Troy? <laughs> 
Yeah. And <laughs> defensive end, was yeah. this before you went to defensive end or was this while you were defensive end? No, no. I, I was actually on punt return and they kicked it to me. And I actually got the, the ball and ran it in. So it was probably like a 60-yard punt. You know, I'm, I'm blocking. You know, it was like one of those uh, hands team type things. Oh. And so they kicked it to me thinking that, okay, d is just going to lay down. No. no, no. I'm going to get this thing yeah, and I'm yeah. going to try to take it to the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right the house. Need that. Need and that. I got that. Yeah. I need, need that. that. Uh, D2W, Driven to yeah. Win is the app. Uh, we're going to yeah. give it a go. I'm going to give it a go. We'll talk to you. Okay. In. Let, let me know what you think, man. Zito already downloaded it. This man right here might be the picture of your app here in about a month. <laughs> <laughs> He got you. He's going to get it. There we go. There you go. That's reality. We'll see what the augmented yeah, reality ends. creates the future. Uh, Demarcus, we appreciate you, man. You were awesome. Demarcus, where? Yeah. Right, thank you so much, man. Uh, that conversation with Demarcus Ware was awesome. Hopefully, it changes the fitness levels of our entire office. We signed up for D2W, Driven to Win, an app that he released yesterday. Uh, that will make people very, very fit, I believe. Mm-hmm. Zito has officially signed up for it. It is a year-long membership, you Yes, bought, yes, I did. Right? Yep. And it's a trainer in your pocket. Yeah. How much are? How much do they cost now? Uh, did we look at the prices? Uh, yeah, the year-long year membership. Year-long is uh, $99.99. $99.99 yeah. for a year-long. You save 44%, though, because $8.33 a month. That's nothing. That's basically nothing. $8 a month. $8.33 a month? Yeah. $8.33. That's on me. <laughs> all right. All right. I was wondering. I didn't know, like... No, that's on me. I would pick the eight dollar one. One payment of eight dollars and one payment Payment of thirty three (laughs) dollars. Got it. Okay. What's a better investment? We let Zeke do that, or we just buy a new couch? Oh, 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 come on! I put a pillow under it, so I don't fucking do it no more. We will need a new couch. (laughs) The couch was not the Gumpy. You need to take it back there, Gumpy. The the couch was not purchased to be used every single day like it has been. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. To Zito's credit, it was yeah. supposed to only be like once every once in a while if we happen to have somebody oh, in here. Yeah. But now we've moved. I even changed cushions every once in a while. Well, it's not your fault, though, Zito. The couch wasn't built to have you on there every single day. So Nick taking a shot at you is very rude. No, it's built shot. to have like a normal human being on there. Oh, no. come on. Jeez, I'm very happy Evan's a Steelers fan now. <laughs> I'm so happy. Yeah, the, the, internet, the internet is a buzz about Evan Fox becoming a Steelers fan last week. And then them losing their first game this week. Something to think about, Detroit. Sell your goddamn team. The fans don't even want to be fucking fans of your franchise. That's not what Foxy said. Evan Foxy is a diehard Lions fan. But what he said, I actually can agree with because growing up, obviously you have the Pirates, right, in Pittsburgh. And I wasn't a big baseball fan, but if I, you know, highlights, like, okay, go to a baseball game. Here we go. Okay, let's go. And then there was always like at, I don't know, what, five, six games in, you knew they weren't going to make it. And it's like, all right, I'm a Yankees fan now. I want to be with a team. got to have a contender. The team that's paying enough money. The team that owner is like, listen, I'm going to spend more money than everybody else and I'm going to win. I'm like, okay, yeah, I want to, I think I want to go for that team. I want to go for the team that the owner says, fuck everybody else. I'm I'm going to dump every single – I'm going to exhaust every single option I have to have this team win. I'm like, okay, that's the team I want to be. And everybody's like, well, you're a bandwagon fan. I was like, well, I could just not be a fan of the sport at all, which is inevitably what I did become. Yeah. So, I, I mean, so that's kind of how it goes. Now, with the Lions, though, yeah. fans are diehard, but I think they have to have a realistic look at some point. When was the last time? 1950-what? Seven. 1957. Bro, think about that. Like, if you're the Lions should be asking their fans to get a playoff team to cheer for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, hey, just don't leave us – 
entirely. Yeah. Like, at least just have us for whenever, you know, maybe we make a run. But if it's going to happen just like it has happened since 1957, <laughs> we understand. Go ahead and get a playoff team as well. Maybe we'll, like a, uh, we'll, be, we'll be a good tag team for your fandom, Connor. Yeah, but they finally do the right thing and fire Patricia. I mean, and we all know that whoa, the curse whoa, whoa, isn't going to... Whoa, 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 whoa. Finally whoa. do Friend the right the thing. They do finally Jeez. do the right thing and fire the, you know, one of the greatest fourth quarter coaches of all time. Okay. Okay. He still, you. you know, has had a tough season. But if they had enough fans that were true fans, they would all just pitch in $1, make a fund, pay Calvin Johnson the a million that, you know, he's owed. 1.25. 1.25. Oh, so they don't have enough fans. To there's have. no way they have 1.25 million yeah. fans. There, uh, there's yeah. no way. Like, and by the way, they're going to have even less fans if they don't let their fans have an actual playoff team to mm-hmm. cheer for mm-hmm. because the fans are just not going to like the sport, by the way, which is what happened to me with baseball. So what I'm trying to say is maybe we should be, should be a little bit more open about Lions fans becoming fans of teams that are actually going to have a run so that we can at least keep them around as fans of the game and for the league. And is that what we're about here is we're for the Shield. So thank you for the Shield. And also, I'm getting a lot of Steelers fans that are saying, stay away from the Steelers. Oh, oh, it's not an inclusive bunch. Why would they do that? Steelers fans aren't an inclusive bunch. Stink, dude. Well, maybe just wait till your team's mathematically out of the playoff. Thank you. This is kind of an Anthony Lynn move, what you just did right there. Right when they get back into the race, the kid's unlatching his wagon to the horses of the Lions. Listen. Get, sell the team. The fans don't give a fuck Take about it. the Lions. Take they don't. They, don't, right. they finally it. get a chance to get back in like I just said. You know what? Actually, I'm going to pick a team that has a real chance. Why don't you fucking believe in your organization, Fox? Wait, 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 Connor. Jeez. If you were in Detroit. Yeah. Any oh. single ounce of you believe in the Detroit Lions. If, if no. I was in Detroit, no, you would you would you can't. Also, it would be the must-win season, then be the must-must-win season, then be the third prequel season. Well, we'll find, hey, the by the way, season. we will find out. Yeah. We'll find. We'll find <laughs> yeah. out. Well, yeah, this will get tested over the next decade. By the way, it will. Yeah, it will. <laughs> it will. It will. If you think that Bill Belichick is going to let New England suck for as long as the Lions have sucked, <laughs> you're crazy. You're right. Bill might coach till he's ninety. Well, and you know, the imagine new- Bill and Ernie up there like those two old. Muppets. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is that? They're up in like the, the thing, just like sit up in the thing. Yeah, whatever they are. Yeah, those things. Yeah. Stadler and Waldorf. Is that what you said? Yeah. That's what if that's Bill name. and Ernie? Is that really their name? That's really their name. What if that is what Belichick and Ernie are going to do for the next thirty years up there? You see this garbage down on the field? <laughs> yeah, it stinks. Yeah, that's what they did, right? That was their entire mm-hmm. thing. Oh, yeah. And Did you watch the, the uh, Ernie doc that came out this week or whatever? I saw no, it floating around the internet. But he told me I should. I, I really, I'm very intrigued by that man. I would like to watch that. Yeah, movie. one of the best parts is just the Ernie standing behind the quarterbacks of every team that they're going to play right before the game, just to be like, oh yeah, no, this guy stinks. He, he's not. He's not good at football. Bill just blitz. The YouTube uh, comment section saying you're on cocaine right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, I heard geez. that before. Yeah, by me the way, too, by the way, not, that happens to me not a lot. The first or last time. <laughs> yeah, but that's know? Bill and that's Bill and Ernie right there. <laughs> yeah, for and, sure. and yeah. you know who's on the field coaching? Steve. Belichick. True, he probably Whoa. is. Yeah. So, huh. So they'll never have the lines. But so no. you can never understand what it's like then to be Thank Evan Trump. You, you can never it. understand. You, you would never understand. I know. I won't. And I don't want to. Yeah, but you shouldn't yeah, then you shouldn't be point. saying like well, it shouldn't be there. Yeah, 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 well, I know I know a fan of a team and a guy who's bandwagon latching his wagon every single thing. He sounds like Orlovsky back there. Whoa! 
Easy. All right, listen. The yeah. Lions have to play the Packers, the Buccaneers, <laughs> and the Titans shit. still. Do you think they're going to win any of those games? Be honest. I don't know. Have a little faith, Fox. Any given Sunday is what we're talking about, I'm an about, experienced buddy. Lions fan. I've been doing this for 26 years. <laughs> Wait a I minute. know that they're listen, not going to win. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about what you two no, are talking about no, right no, now, no. okay? Nobody cares, all right? Everything should have stopped abruptly yep. whenever you called him. The Dan Wagon, Dan yeah. Orlovsky. Yeah. Wow. Wait, this, this kid has been miserable for 30 years of his life yeah. because of this team. Well, then what's 31 matter? You know, make it one more <laughs> shitty year, okay? Stop unlatching your wagon to different teams, damn it. Wait till Stafford leaves, at least. All right, let's... um. <laughs> Anthony Lynn did it as a head coach, and we judged it very heavily. Yeah. I guess we should treat the Lions fans the exact same way. If you want to be in the greatest league on earth, you better act like the greatest fans on earth, all right? No. You guys have proven that, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, Patriots fans have proven that. Damn yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, we have. Yeah, you have. All right. Um, we, brand, we debuted a new segment uh, earlier today on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I think it's time to potentially roll it out into the actual show here. Yeah. Uh, ha- welcome to a new segment called Hashtag uh, Questions from the Twitter. Whistle on there and everything. For those that are just listening, a Twitter graphic just popped up. That was the the whistle you heard there. The the Zito or the uh, Foxy put together the graphic. Uh, we got a lot of questions from the Twitter uh, this morning. We can't thank them enough. Let's get to it. Here's from Blake Wellstead at Wellstead underscore Blake. Haven't actually watched any of the Browns games this year. Are they legit? Are the Browns problematic? Or for the Steelers, I believe you probably assume their hashtag questions from the Twitter. This is going to be a lot of people's problems, I think. And this happens with some teams where maybe in the – the region you live, some games just won't get played. If you don't have Sunday ticket and you don't get to watch the entire game, or maybe Red Zone, you only watch Red Zone, you don't get to see an entire game. I believe this does happen. Now, I am very lucky that I tried to watch every single game. It is very hard, even if you have enough television. So I would assume that not everybody should be trying to do it, by the way. It is a potential regrettable move every single week while I'm trying to do it because I start to forget things from one game and another game. And I'm like, wait, did they play that yesterday or they play that two weeks ago? Because I remember something happening. So it's very difficult to watch all the games and i think the nfl tries to do its best job of getting everybody recapped on everything that's happening but most sports shows only talk about certain things happening because there's only a few things that people really care about so whenever you're talking about a team who has been historically bad and they kind of come up out of nowhere even though the last couple years they were supposed to come up out of nowhere you can see how people potentially don't know anything about the browns sure sure okay and i can see it i've watched the browns the thing about the browns is we don't know either Okay, so even if you watch the Browns, I think Browns fans, they're pumped. They're 9-3. and three. Hey, we're having success. It feels good. They like Stefanski. But I think they know that there's a chance that this team could be really good or this team could be average. Because the way they've played, they've played really good at times. Really, really, really good at times. And then they've played really bad at some times, too. Now, as of late, they've been playing a lot better, which in December, you want to play your best football. We talked to Jarvis Landry last week. He was a great conversation. He feels very happy mm-hmm. with where that team is. We talked to him a day after his birthday, I think, or 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 maybe a day, two days after his birthday, and he had just had 120 yards and a couple of touchdowns the day before that. So that offense is potentially coming together at the right time. So are the Cleveland Browns problematic for the Steelers? We don't know because we don't know which Browns team is the Browns team because they are such a new team to relevance whenever you're talking about this style of football. But if they're going to continue to play the way they have been playing, yes, they are a problem for almost everybody, I think. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody's going to run into a problem with the Kansas City Chiefs and the AFC. That's just the way it goes because of how much they can score at the uh, drop of 
a dime, but the Browns are a team if they play like they can play, not just how sometimes the Browns end up inevitably playing. So it's a big potential culture change in Cleveland. And Blake, I think it's a good question. I and know that they do have the capability to be a real team, I think. Yeah, I don't know why, why, do you, why the Steelers were thrown in there, in there like the Browns. AFC North, I think, is what they're mm-hmm. – because Miles Garrett tweeted the other day that, oh, the, the door just the opened. Open. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah, he did. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's Walter Payton Man of the Year, so, I mean, he could say whatever he wants. Yeah, he's – I think Mason Rudolph is trending. Yeah, because Mason of, Rudolph oh, was trending. Because of Miles Garrett's Walter Payton Man of the Year award. And I'll say this. I was once, I believe, nominated for the Walter Payton Man of the Year for mm-hmm. the Indianapolis Colts. It is a massive honor. Obviously, Walter Payton was an incredible man. Uh, I think it is judged upon the amount of community work that you do in a given year. I would assume Miles Garrett has been doing a lot of community work uh, to let people know in Cleveland, like, hey, although I had a moment of anger and rage that everybody on earth saw where I took another man's helmet off of his head and then I beat him with it, uh, that is not the human I am. So I, I assume that the Cleveland Browns and everybody else is like, we need to know, we need the world to know that Miles Garrett is not the human that they saw in one moment of his life, of his entire life. That is not who he is. So I would assume that's why. And by the way, he might, I mean, I don't know what they base winning and losing off of, like the award mm-hmm. uh, for it. He, I would assume that his community mm-hmm. work is probably a lot compared to a lot of people, especially in this 2020 where you really haven't been able to do much. Yeah, and he's had a lot of off time uh, to do that. Oh, why do you say work. that? Oh, because he was suspended for that many, so many oh, games. Oh, because yeah. he, um, what we're talking about, that one right. moment in his life, by the way, that one moment is like, couldn't s- th- since then he's gotten paid a lot, lot of money. money. A lot of money. Couldn't they have at least done like a buffer year? <laughs> So people weren't right away going to be like, well, yeah, he tried to fucking kill a guy last year on well, the football field. Well, that guy, the guy that he did almost kill on the football field is trending right now. So yeah. I, I don't think, uh, you know, we probably we thought of that as soon as we saw his name on the list where our first thought was like, uh, the Internet's going to have a field day with this probably. I mean, we probably thought that, but the people that were thinking it were probably like, hey, we could probably get right back to this right now, letting people know that that one moment isn't who Miles Garrett actually is. Mm-hmm. And the Internet was like, well, a little bit too soon. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I just want to let you know what we think. I know you guys are pushing probably a lot of photos of him going to hospitals and maybe in doing things like mm-hmm. that. Uh, and you're pushing those photos, but the, but the photos everybody's thinking of is the... Uh, Bang! Fuck! The, uh, yeah, but you're right. But I'm happy Miles Garrett's got back in the community, by the way. Mm-hmm. He bounced back. Now, it, it's happening because he's an incredible football player. Be who you can afford to be, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. And right. If that guy was an incredible football player, it would be a much different story, but he is. But I like that the sport in the league is giving a guy an opportunity to have one potentially massive catastrophic fuck-up. But it's going to be hard to win over a bunch of people, I think. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's kind of – you can see how it goes. For the Browns, though, just beat the Ravens this weekend. It'll take you very seriously. Yeah, and the Ravens, by the way, could be a tough team to beat mm-hmm. right now. They just beat the – Dog shit out of the Dallas Cowboys uh, without a wide receiver named Des Bryant, yeah. who got pulled in the middle of warmups against his former team after being forced to take a COVID test. And that COVID test coming back positive, ripping him off the field after he'd already warmed up a little bit and dapped up the entire Dallas Cowboys roster, telling him he cannot play. It is a danger. Turns out those are probably uh, that was probably a false positive. So Des Bryant most likely got screwed in his. Um, <laughs> Redemption game against the Dallas Cowboys by science of some sort. But, hey, happy he survived. Yeah. yeah. Happy you he survived. You can see how he'd be incredibly pissed immediately upon that positive telling him he can't play and him going, I don't. I just I just tested negative literally, what, eight hours ago? How, how, how could have uh, – sorry, you can't play. Can we take another test? Well, I won't get back till tomorrow. You, you motherfucker. <laughs> you could see how he would then would say, you know what, I'm going to call it a quit. That's what he actually yeah. – mm-hmm. yeah. these motherfuckers, I can't do this. Because that was a – 
that was probably a pretty big passion yeah. game for him. But mm-hmm. they didn't even have Des Bryant on the field. And not that he's like a X factor, although he is, and that is his thing is the X. But he, he was starting to get more reps, I believe. Oh, yeah. He was starting to get more balls. I believe Marquise Brown was probably pretty happy that he was on the field for him. It's just interesting situation. But you're right. If the Brownies beat the Ravens, whole different conversation. Let's go to another question from around or from the Twitter. This is from Ad Friggin' Bigwig. Pat, what is the longest field goal you've ever made practice and game? Thank you, DJ Slick Rick. DJ Slick Rick. Rick, 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 so I actually had him uh, pull up the uh, video. Jamie Cole's kicking camp. This is at uh, Whitewater, Wisconsin. I believe this is from 70 yards. I forget who was holding for me. He was a uh, 70 yards ponytail, probably 14 to 15 beers the night before at a Jeez. local bar there. And then here's 75 yards. Bingo. Yeah, it goes through. It took me a couple of tries there from 75. I actually almost quit because I was coming up like two yards short every single time. And I was like, I don't got it. I was like, I don't think I got it. And by the way, happy was 72. Like pretty funny. Yeah. But yeah, and Jamie Cole was like, hey, you're two yards short. You think your leg's ever going to be doing this again? We should. We And I got a camera. We we hit a couple more. I was like, I don't know, Jamie. I, I mean, I feel like my legs are fall off right now. I mean, I, you were with me last night, okay? We, we are doing this now. He was like, you got to hit a couple more. All of a sudden, hit one. It goes through. Immediately after, I go, uh, hey, probably smart. I'm happy we did that. <laughs> Thank you. But that's the furthest I've ever gone. It happens to be on camera, which is cool. I wish I would have traveled to Denver back whenever my leg yeah. was live to see what I could do. That would have been a lot of fun. I kicked the soccer ball 124 miles an hour at one point whenever a radar gun was on. I mean, it used to have a very strong leg. There's guys that can hit from 75 and everything like that, but... Um, man, not a lot. I mean, not a lot. It's pretty cool. Pretty little fun. You have like a longest punt in the air or like anything like that or not? No. I didn't go for that. Like in practice, you can, there's always videos of people hitting balls like 110 yards because it rolls out the back. Like, yeah. That happens in practice, I think, for a lot of guys or whatever. But no, yeah. Punting was not the one where I could hit it as far as everybody else because it wasn't as flexible. So I'm just trying to hammer this thing as high as possible. Flexibility matter for field goal kicking as much or not? Well, you know, it probably would have helped if I now that I'm (laughs) now that I'm thinking back, it probably probably would help out with the control a little bit, you know. But for me, I was just like a loaded gun. Like Mm -hmm. I always told him. uh, you know, because those really thick, tight rubber bands, those things bounce back a lot quicker. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So anytime that they made me go through these entire physicals, you'd have to go through these physicals where they would have like a pole on your, down your back. You'd have to hold it and you'd have to like squat with like a straight back and like your knee has to go straight down. And then they give you a score like one to five on how you did. And then you got to flip and then you got to do all this shit. I was... They almost failed me every single year <laughs> going into the season. I would have, like, the lowest score out of everybody on everything. He's like, you know, this year we got to work on your flexibility or whatever. I'm like, okay, yeah, let's sure. get after it. Yeah, 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 let's get after it. I've been, By the way, I've been told that since I'm, like, fifth, fifth grade, maybe <laughs> sixth grade or whatever. And I've always said the same thing. You ever see one of them loose rubber bands have any power? And they're like, well, it depends on if you pull it back. I was like, that's going to take some time. Like, you get one of those tight rubber bands, you know, that thing's coming back real quick. Oh, yeah. And they're like, yeah, but when that thing pops, it goes. I'm like, well, 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 funny you say that because those loose ones, whenever they pop, it's just like a fizzle out. Like, you know what I mean? Rather have that son of a bitch blow yeah. up if, if it's going to go than, than anything. Visa always got us for the presidential oh, award. Never was up for it. Couldn't touch my fucking toes. Negative 10 every time because they would, <laughs> they, would, uh, yep. they would measure it from the tip of your toes. Yep. And you would have to sit and do that thing. And I would be at like the top of my shins and they're like sir can you go any further than that we have to extend this thing back a negative 10 it's like god got people going to washington dc to do all these things that are about one tenth the athlete i am because i can't touch my fucking toes (laughs) representing our goddamn school still that way by the way still that way functionally i can move though 
You know, like yeah. I watched the match back the other night. I got folded over top of myself mm-hmm. a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Not sure I could do that right now, like without having to, you know, get thrown into it. Sure. Like, yeah. Yeah, it'd be tough. Who likes stretching, by the way? That fucking oh. shit is the worst. Awesome. I start sweating. Yeah, he does. He stretches before every goddamn show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to give that up. Yo, you're done with it. It's <laughs> <laughs> too hard. It hurts so bad. It sucks. But I, I guess it's really good for you. That's what they say. Apparently. Of course. I never really had any muscle issues. It was always, you know, ligament stuff, and that's probably because the muscles were pulling on it. So <laughs> yeah. ah, oh, there it is. So all those people telling me I should have stretched now that we're thinking about it with old knees, like, hey, they're probably right. Uh, yeah, but ain't no motherfucker kicked the ball like that. I, no. You know, they're stretching. No, you know, kind of live by the sword, die by the sword. What's another question from around the Twitter? At uh, Chad Lehman says, do you think Aaron Rodgers will finish his career in Green Bay? And if no, what team could you see him on? Uh, parenthesis, diehard Packer fan, parenthesis, parenthesis. Again, my pops is his bodyguard on away games. Okay. Shout out to Mr. Lehman for taking care yeah. of uh, Aaron at away games. I would assume that some opposing fans have some potential things to either <laughs> throw at Aaron or say to Aaron. Oh, and yeah. Chad Lehman's dad here is just taking that one right on chin, telling him to get your ass in your seat back. <laughs> so I appreciate that. I, you know what? I think I'll let Ty follow up after this. My thoughts, I assume his is the same. Uh, just because we we talk about this on a regular basis. I think we all thought Aaron was going to finish with Green Bay Packers. Mm -hmm. Then draft night happened. Now I think we all understand it's probably not a probability at this point. Yeah, I think, I mean, it'd be tough to see with the way he's playing. I don't think it's going to be the same, like, where they're just going to cut bait like they might have when they got Jordan Love and thought that he was, you know, not as good as he used to be. But he said he wants to play until he's like 45 or, you know, 50 or whatever, and he's not showing that he can't, so I assume that he will end his career somewhere else. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, it would be great to have him in Indianapolis. Come on down. Come on down and sling it for the shoe. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on down. Is there any chance Jordan Love gets some sort of playing time over the next two years and they realize, oh, okay, this guy isn't as good, and they re-sign Rodgers? Well, I have no idea. And I don't even know if it matters because if Rodgers plays like this, it's like, well, it doesn't matter because Jordan Love's not as fucking good as he is. So, I mean, that's why it's Great question, Chad. Tell your dad we said thanks. Uh, We got to get to a break. On the other side, we got Tom Pelissero. This beat is hilarious. Interesting. Cash Machine Anno Domini Beats. I feel like there was potentially like... How many sounds can we get in? You know what I mean? Let's go ahead. Oh, yep. Yeah, that one can fit. What else can we get in there? Whammy, 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 whammy. There it is. That's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, just real quick. Uh, we've heard on the radio that our voices sound terribly. That is not on our end. I do not. Because nope. the YouTube show is good. I assume this is some tech thing going on, which could potentially be our side, I guess. But we have double-checked, triple-checked, quadruple-checked. Yeah, let me check no, scratch that seven times. <laughs> We, uh, that's for inside the office. The, uh, we have checked it a lot of times and we don't know why it's still going out that way. So we apologize if it sounds like we are, uh, talking in one of those like, uh, chambers almost or whatever. Bank robbery. Or you have a door in your neck. (laughs) It's almost 2021. That's means for celebration. And also AJ Hawk is joining us for this. Yeah. Uh, joining us now, AJ Hawk. AJ, how's it going? Oh my God! Wow! Wow! wow. Silver. Bullet. You look so Jeez. cool right now. Oh, oh wow! 
you look awesome, dude. He's got the he's got Coors Light pullover with a Nike collab. It's a three quarter zip. It looks like custom is unbelievable. AJ, where'd you get? Were were you a professional golfer? How did you get this thing? I I have no idea. Have have I not worn this before? I had no. No. You know you've never worn that. That thing's unbelievable, dude. Man, this makes for great audio on Sirius. <laughs> Doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> the um, the they need to know. They need to. They should see uh-huh. it. Yeah. They should see it. The um, the the conversation with Demarcus Ware earlier. Okay, and I don't know if you got a chance to hear it. He told a story about Philip. We were literally left as the show was coming live. We were re-talking about this story because I don't think. I mean, it's getting a lot of credit on the internet, but I think in the moment I had a lot of respect for it. But the more and more I think about it, it is such a cerebral way to talk shit to somebody that Philip Rivers, instead of letting Demarcus Ware ever get a sack on him, he would just take an intentional grounding. Would would just would just hey, I'm going to probably get sacked here anyways. It's going to be a loss of down, and I won't even let you have the satisfaction of it. Demarcus Ware said that Phil Rivers would tell him that. Now I don't know how many times it actually happened but just the thought of phil rivers telling demarcus Ware that is just next level shit talking i just i love it so much from phil rivers i think it's awesome because not only like yeah to even think about doing that is awesome but then to say it to a guy like demarcus (laughs) think about like that's got to be in the back of your head if it happens once or twice and then you continue to play i'm like man Am I ever going to get a sack on this dude? Every time I get near him, he just throws the thing in the ground or throws it out of bounds. He doesn't care. Like, he's just really not going to let me have it. How long did it take him to get it? 12 Dude. years. And <laughs> 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 hey, by the way, Phil Rivers didn't let him tackle him. Phil Rivers saw him coming and just laid down. And DeMarcus Ware just touched him or whatever. You know what I mean? So it was like Phil Rivers went down fighting until the very yeah. 12-year war against DeMarcus Ware and didn't let him get it. I mean, that was just – it was classic. Another incredible cerebral shit talker is uh, the Ohio State head coach, Ryan Day. This announcement, him thanking the Big Ten for changing the rules that the Big Ten never had to put in. Uh, everybody said they were dumb whenever they were doing a lot of things that they were doing, but they're smarter than everybody. We knew it was inevitable that if something was to happen to Ohio State, the Big Ten would have to change their rules because there would probably be no representative in the college football playoff, which makes a shit ton of money for everybody in the Big Ten and also a lot of exposure for the Big Ten. So we knew this was inevitable if it was Ohio State that it happened to. It happened to Ohio State. The inevitability happened. Now the people that were supposed to make decisions, you know, now have gone to have to gone back on like three of their decisions now, and they just don't ever learn. But Ryan Day had to answer for this, you know. And he goes, on behalf of Ohio State University, by the way, missed the there, I think a lot yeah. of that. Whoa. Whoa, is Ryan Day really from Ohio State? Now we got to start questioning. Uh-oh. On behalf of the Ohio State University, uh, the players, all those associated with the football program, and our fans, I am appreciative of our Big Ten Conference colleagues for reconsidering this six-game requirements qualify for the Big Ten Championship game. A lot of changes have happened since that recommendation was put into place. I know making this decision was not an easy one, and I am thankful for the opportunity our players will now have to play in Indianapolis as an undefeated East Division champion. So Ryan Day typed this entire thing up. You see him like you see him at his uh, office, or maybe he's on his phone typing it up, and he's like, Yeah, but I gotta let him know a little bit. Like, yeah, we'll end this thing as you're undefeated. Just want to let you know. Everybody's mad that Indiana, by the way, and we're big Indiana fans, Tom Allen, good guy. Uh the word of the year is uh relentless and everything like that. They, but you know, they could have beat Ohio State just a couple weeks ago. The great game. 
They did not beat Ohio State. And there's a lot of chirping from there. And then there's other teams that are chirping and everything mm-hmm. like that. And Ryan Day's like, a lot of talk here about the COVID and everything. Let's remember one motherfucking thing here right at the end. Undefeated East Division champion. I love it from Ryan Day. I like how Ohio State is operating with this whole thing. But it's all inevitable that we knew this was going to happen. Well, first off, he says it's a, he knew it was a tough decision to make. Well, nope, it was not. Uh, it was tough for them because they don't want to go. They, they feel obviously their egos have gotten in the way of many decisions. So they, they feel like, oh, I don't, I don't want to have to go back on my word, even though we all know it's probably the right thing to do. But, yeah, this kind of checks all boxes for Ryan Day. Thanks him, lets him know, hey, I'm appreciative of where we are, but don't forget we're here because of what we do and all we do is win games yeah this wasn't handed to us okay like, uh, earn not yeah, given we've kind of won this uh i don't know if you guys have been looking at this even back whenever it was the legends and leaders division okay which yeah. was another terrible decision by somebody before even going back to then we kind of run shit around here okay so so everybody's acting like we don't deserve it let's let's just take a fucking break for one second is what that last sentence said without saying it and i love it tough for the iowa hawkeyes though Ooh, i mean the iowa yeah. hawkeyes just kind of get booted out of any conversation no i'm well listen i mean i'm a big 10 guy through and through so as long as ohio state's getting uh, getting a chance i was on the other side anyway i'm just saying more people i mean people want to watch iowa v ohio state they don't want to watch ohio state v northwestern that's all i'm saying that's all you're saying i mean there's nothing like that uh another college football news lsu in a very noble fashion has imposed a one-year postseason ban on themselves. Uh, they're currently sitting at 3-5, and five, have one game left, so they would not be eligible for a bowl game, which would not be a postseason game. So them banning themselves was very noble of them. I would assume um, that this is to get ahead of something, that the NCAA is probably going to come down and crack down on them, but the NCAA has a lot bigger fish to fry, uh, like how they're going to profit off of themselves without fans in the stands for things, and they got Coach K saying the College of Basketball is probably not going to happen Ooh. or shouldn't happen. I mean, there's a lot the NCAA has got to figure out. So LSU, I think try to slip in the back door here oh yeah by the way we've punished ourselves and just kind of hopefully they'll check the box and then say okay we don't have to punish lsu for whatever they're doing paying players or you know uh, that led to national championships mm-hmm. or whatever they were doing because they've banned themselves from something they were not eligible for which is uh you know you don't you don't fire me i quit uh uh i'm not coming to your party you didn't you didn't not invite me i'm not coming like it's one of those situations which i respect a lot out of old uh coach o. and to be honest go tigers now that I'm thinking about the whole thing, AJ. It's this is like the equivalent of Coach K trying to trying to shut down the whole season, isn't it? Okay, my team's not any good. Let's just call it a day. I guess it's what are they getting ahead of though? How serious do you think these infractions are? Well, it depends on what state of mind the NCAA is in. It just a couple years ago, you gotta remember tattoos at your place. I mean, that took the yeah. championship yeah. away. Like tattoos did. I mean, yeah. I, I know some people that have gotten tattoos in kitchens for like five, ten bucks. So <laughs> I mean there there was a lot of shit that could potentially pop off. The NCAA, I think, is known for being egregious in their actions for things that don't warrant it you know and i think maybe back in the day whenever they would punish people for certain things the world was like yeah 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 but now as we learn more and more about the amount of money that's being made by everybody except for the people that are potentially in there and you start thinking about how these are 18 19 year old guys or or in ladies from potentially bad neighborhoods and their families don't even really have enough to do a lot of things and you hear that they get like a a thousand dollars from somebody or something and it goes to something instead of just you know ruining that entire person or professional life and just saying yeah we're kicking you out of school forever which uh you know is really good for the student human athlete i think the tide is kind of turned now with the more information about shit that's happening in the world so maybe the ncaa will 
you know, back it off a little bit, but that has not been their resume. That has not been what the NCAA is known for. They come in, they see something, and I'll tell you what, they are swinging the fucking hammer down because they can't have that happen in, to any student human athletes. What a perfect, like just such perfect timing for LSU to, to lay an egg and just not have a great team. Like it, it all comes together for a reason. We know, Coach O, there's all kind of weird things floating around. And what, they're three and five, is that right? Mm-hmm. What? what was that? Whoa, whoa. What are you saying about Coach O? No, I didn't say I, like I know his personal life. I think he got he's in the middle of a divorce, all kind of situation. Oh, wow. hey, come come on, dude. Dude. We're talking about football, dude. I'm talking trying about- to I'm trying to help talk football. about the whole situation going on at LSU, <laughs> how it can go from so high to so low, like the roller coaster oh, that yeah, yeah. football can be, Pat. Think about it. Last year, LSU, Joe Burrow, Coach O, like there was nobody more popular on the planet. There still is like Coach O is still very popular. People love him. Go to highest of highs, and then hey man, you gotta you got to ride out the bumps and try to get back on top. Remember, somebody was almost arrested because they were celebrating too much when Odell Beckham Jr. slapped that sheriff's ass. That's mm-hmm. how happy the world was. They were slapping <laughs> cops' ass. Yeah. I mean, it was full <laughs> celebration, and, and they were singing Baton Rouge in mm-hmm. that entire – I mean, Foxy, we were down there for the national championship. That entire Mercedes-Benz dome or, or Superdome yep. singing uh, Baton – what's the song called? Calling Baton Calling Rouge. Calling Baton Rouge. It was wild down there. And then here we are, hey, self-imposed. Hey, hey, listen, we'll go to timeout, dude. We'll go to timeout. Don't you worry about us. You don't even fucking focus on us, okay? You got the battle in the bubble to deal with. I don't even know if they're are they still paying rent down here. I don't. Who knows? Are they even allowed to be open? I mean, the NCAA they got other fish to fry. And Coach K is trying to take care of some of the things, like just cancel the basketball season. We don't even have to worry about that. Just go ahead and fucking cancel that thing. Coach O's like, don't don't worry about us in the playoffs. (laughs) Don't even worry about trying to fix rules for us to get down there in the playoffs. We'll fucking ban ourselves. (laughs) Good for Coach O, man. Good for Coach O. What a move, by the way. That's Great. like classic Jeez. old Great. old swing. That's a guy you play cards against. Like, you know what I mean? He's like, ah, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, you can keep the ante or whatever. Yeah, don't <laughs> the guy just lost like a thousand, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 do what you got to do, man. That, he, he, trying to hustle the NCAA publicly is awesome. I respect it. Now the NCAA is going to have to dig their, you know, feet in and be like, uh, they're going to have to stick up for it. Wild time to be alive. College basketball was last night. That pick game, I watched the end of it. I don't know if anybody mm-hmm. else saw it. Dunk to win it. Ooh. Like, yeah, dunked away. They were down, Pitt was down like five, I think. And then they were down four, or they were down one somehow within the last like 16 seconds. And then a dish in the paint dunk to win it almost like five seconds, four seconds left Jeez. somehow. Bad defense by Northwestern. They shit all over themselves at the end. <laughs> I mean, it was just, you've watched college basketball at all? I've watched uh, zero so far this year. It just started, I think, yesterday. Didn't it? No, uh, last, last week. Last week. week. Yeah. Oh, F- FSU beat Indiana in overtime last night. Very good game as well. Really? Indiana had a good team, don't they? Yeah, they got a one very good player. I think yeah. his name's Jackson. He is very good. Oh, he's a center, right? He's down underneath. Yeah. Big yeah. 10 is. He's, 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 he's got the Patrick Mahomes haircut, that yeah, kid. Big, uh-huh. big yep. 10 is dog walking everybody right now. Hey, that's what Big 10 oh. basketball is, baby. That's right. Yeah, no. I know the Iowa guy's killing it, right? Yeah, yeah Garza, monster, absolute oh, monster. Iowa, Iowa has a legitimate shot to win it all this year. Well, that, the thing about it is, though, is the game shouldn't be played. Mm-hmm. Coach well, K yeah. said it. Who knows? Like I said, there. Coach K, why don't you play 12 more games and then fucking pipe your ass down? Because, you know, they'll be in the dance. They're not going to win it, but they'll be there. Let's go to Ryan in Pensacola. What's going on, Ryan? Hey, how the boys doing? Hey, not too shabby, Ryan. How are you, bub? Oh, just down here in Florida, you know, partying, breathing on everybody. <laughs> that is Florida, by the way. Yeah. That is Florida. We were hey, down there. Uh, it is very free down there. It is wide open down there. I wanted to run something by you and Ty. As a part owner of the Packers, I uh, I think we should uh, help Big Mike out down there, send Jordan Love down to uh, Dallas in exchange for maybe Gallup and a mid-round pick. 
Hey, not a bad play right there, huh? Give you a quarterback, first-round quarterback. Okay, mm-hmm. you don't have to pay uh, Dak. You know what I mean? You, you guys got a little problematic with salary cap coming down. Give you Jordan Love, same scouting department that was here whenever we had success. Still mm-hmm. here. You know what I mean? You, you trust us. Here you go. And give us Mike Gallup and a draft pick. That seems like a very fair trade Jerry Jones to make out. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I mean, in a perfect world, yeah, maybe. Okay. Hey, why not Why not CD Lamb, maybe? Why not, why not trade Jordan Love for CD Lamb? You know what I mean? It's a good idea. That is a good idea. Both first-round picks. Yeah, you would keep, keep footage of practice off the internet as uh-huh. much as possible if Don't you're trying to do that. You know what I mean? Because the... Uh, yeah. That one though sure. bounced off the bottom, like the, off the rebar. He caught it and then fucking put it in again. So who knows? Like yeah. you Just know, let's go to Dylan in Illinois. What's going on, Dylan? Hey, what's up? Uh, shout out to you and the boys. Thanks for taking the call. Hey, um, so I've heard you That's mention a, cool a few idea. times uh, about how the coffin corner is just sort of a dead technique in the world of punting. Um, do you have any clue why that is? Because as you know, just a casual fan, it seems like it would be pretty effective, and it was for years. Just curious why that died. Okay, great question, Dylan. So earlier in the show, we had a guy named Demarcus Ware on. And Demarcus Ware, what is he, probably 6'5", 6'6", 265, 270 pounds? Mm-hmm. Probably run, runs a 4'6", probably, 4'7". <laughs> yeah, That's probably what Demarcus Ware does. Yeah. So back in the day, whenever coffin corner punts were happening, they were playing against, like, Connor. At mm-hmm, like yeah. outside linebacker, mm-hmm. uh, Zito was at outside linebacker. AJ, AJ, unbelievable defensive lineman yeah. back Ooh. in the day. Whenever that was happening, uh, so punters could just step right outside the pocket, and there wasn't a fear that the ball would get blocked. And then percentages came out that if you block a punt, basically you win eighty percent of the time, or whatever. If you block a punt, and you know, so stats started getting playing that thing. So the team started taking advantage of special teams. So back in the day, you only used to have like one good returner, Devin Hester, two good returners, Josh Cribbs maybe comes in there. Now every team has an electrifying returner basically because teams have started to take advantage of special teams. They started taking advantage of field positions. They started taking advantage of the little things. And the little things are a punter has to stay in his pocket because if not, maybe not to Marcus Ware, which I would assume he has rushed a punt and he might have a block punt in his career, but they have guys now that run four fours and four fives who are six foot five and their only job is to run up and unders and block punts so the the reason why coffin corners in my eyes have changed is because there's an alternate which is the aussie uh rules football style punt that you see everybody do where you can swing it has good backspin you can hit it hard you're looking for a fair catch and you might get a friendly bounce but you're also getting the ball off much quicker without even having to step out of the pocket because you don't want to have a block punt in the middle of the field because if you do that you go from pinning the team and setting your defense up with a lot of success to potentially giving points to the other team immediately upon it happening so i think that's why the coffin corner uh disappeared is because uh of a lot of those things and the, the alternative being a much easier ball to hit on a much regular basis with next to no block issues because of how quick you actually get it off it kind of just kind of wiped that thing out of there but a lot of respect back in the day to the coffin corner punters uh that they had to be real precise back then to do that type of stuff hey i I got a question about punters like in college are we going to see or are we already seeing like punters struggle in the nfl that it seems like there's so many that do that stupid rugby thing where they run sideways and then just blast the liner yeah 
Yeah, it's a very different style. The college style of punting with the rug, which is what I did, by the way. That's why whenever I say I got drafted to punt and I didn't even know what the fuck I was doing, it's because I did in college, I did the run punt. And then the NFL, you do the two steps. And in college, everybody can leave the line of scrimmage before the ball is kicked. In the NFL, only two people can. It's the gunners. So everybody has to pass set. So you have to hit a ball higher because you have to give people more time to run down the field. In college, you can just line drive balls and just bomb them because everybody's able to cover. And also, most of more often than not, you're not playing against that talented of a person back there. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that are different. And that's why you see a lot of punters potentially just wash out. You know what I mean? It's kind of mm, wash, wash out. out. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been me, by the way. Probably should have been me. I don't know how it didn't happen. Let's go to Jordan in New Hampshire. What's going on, Jordan? Hey, what's up, Pat? What's going on, Jordan? Nothing. Uh, I just want to talk about Dak Prescott. There's been a lot of talk today about and maybe wanting out of Dallas next year. And, I, you know, I think he should because he's is in a he pretty unique that? opportunity. I think so. Sorry, what was that? Okay, Jordan, thank you. But has Dak said that, or has that just been us talking about him not potentially not going there? Or has that been other people saying that? Gumpy, what has been going on? No, it's just a rumor going around right now. He hasn't come out and said anything about it. Well, that. if there's a rumor, somebody started it. If you're Dak, you could see how you potentially want to see what's going on elsewhere. I mm-hmm. mean, you could see. Because look at how important you are to the Cowboys. You're in a good leverage standpoint, but they can franchise tag him again, can't they? Yes, they can. Yeah. They're not going anywhere. But don't you think now Dak knows absolutely, like, hey, my value, I I see my value here, definitely in Dallas, maybe. Well, yeah, I guess if they can tie him into the franchise tag. Can they? Is there still a window where they can open up to work out a long-term extension before the start of next season? Yeah, because the franchise tag thing isn't until the end. He, he can't start until March. But then there's a date after the franchise tag is given, like a month, where it becomes a dead period until the next offseason or next free agency or whatever. And I think last year, remember, through a lot of those negotiation periods, they were saying nothing was happening. And they're like, nothing's happening. And then you hear all these business people, they're like, you know, if you ever travel somewhere to do business with somebody, they won't start negotiations with you until like 30 minutes before you have to leave for your flight. Because there has to be a little bit of a, you know, there has to be a little bit of a sense of urgency to get the deadline. deal. Yeah, there has to be a deadline. That's things be- don't happen until there's a deadline. Yeah, there has to be urgency to get a deal done. So everybody was like, well, Dallas and Dak, they're not talking until there's a deadline. And then it got like a week to the deadline, and all the insiders were like, it's going to start heating up here. And then we heard like the four-year, five-year thing. We heard one number floated out, but it was never confirmed. And then it got to three days, and they're like, still think a deal is going to get done two days. And then that thing just kind of came and went, and they were like, okay, Dak's going to have to prove himself again. And it just kind of kept it moving. So I assume he's going to get franchise tagged again just to see what they can do with him. But that sucks for Dak because – uh, I think watching the Cowboys this year, you're like, oh, Dak's probably worth a few hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Can you see Dak being as good as he was this year without Mike McCarthy, though? Good question. That's a great question. That is a great question, by the way, Gumpy. Mike McCarthy, Tom Pelissero said that he did not set up that entire thing, <laughs> but it feels like Mike potentially lied to everybody, AJ. I, it, is he doing anything, Donner? Is he doing anything down there? What's he doing? Is he calling plays? No. Just deleting Texas Roadhouse burgers. <laughs> oh, yeah, come my God. on. Back deleting in the day, them. you used to be able to put the peanut shells on the floor, oh, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Michael Lombardi's just crunching those up and throwing them down. Yeah. Anymore? You can't do that anymore? Yeah, uh, somebody slipped, fell, sued, and then it kind of all stopped or yeah, whatever. Peanut allergy, yeah. too. But I remember that was one of the yeah. selling points, points whenever it got started. You don't care. Lone Star Steakhouse, I think that was one, and then mm-hmm. Texas Roadhouse. Both of them, you, you know what you can do down here in this real Texas of us? You can eat your peanuts and then just throw that shit on the floor. Chuck them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then somebody came in, got rich off of it. It's the only reason I went to that place. Either yeah, of those. me too. Mm-hmm. By the way, nuts. happened with the coffee, too, at, at McDonald's. 
Yep. Oh, oh yeah. Somebody got real rich off the coffee because mm-hmm. it was hot. Too hot. Hey, news break, by the way. Yeah. Fucking the coffee too is hot. hot. Burned her hoo-ha. What? That's what happened. Uh-huh. What was that? The old lady burned her hoo-ha. Excuse me? Uh, hoo-ha. <laughs> Other word for vagina. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. We got to get to a break. <laughs> <laughs> the show stinks. The show stinks. It was bad. There. They had to put. Yeah, I mean, you see how many cautions are on it now. Yeah, there's. Oh, yeah. The evidence photos were long term. The evidence photos were bad. Yeah, that. They had to take pictures of her hoo ha. What are we doing? What do you mean? You knew this. You knew this whole thing. I didn't yeah, know this was, was the case. Oh yeah. yeah, it's a court. Cashed out. Public files. I did a documentary on it. Yeah, it's gross. Well, the documentary I know from McDonald's is the one that they were rigging the goddamn Monopoly. McMillions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. McMillions. Mm-hmm. That one was wild. I was coming Lenny? from a little trailer park almost down there. Uh-huh. <laughs> they were controlling just like $10 million. Uncle Jim? No. Uncle Jerry. Uncle Jerry. Fuck. He was a fucking... He moved. He did. Yeah. He, he moved and shit. Yeah. The needle as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what killed him was no seatbelt. By the way, everything's fake. Foxy. Everything is fake. fake. It's all work. Can't trust anything. Can't. Postseason banned by LSU? That's real. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was real. What a fucking... Who okayed that? LSU PR is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Genius. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. This is good. I, this hired, I guarantee you they hired like an outside PR. Nah, I fucking can't do it. I can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. It's a dumb show. The fact that you stick it out with us every single day, we are thankful. Uh, we need a little guerrilla warfare out there, guerrilla marketing. Go ahead and be a friend, tell a friend, tell them to download the show, subscribe, rate, review, all that bullshit. And if you didn't like the show, it's exactly like it never happened. Yeah, piss off. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with a Feel Good Friday. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music and propel these people into a great Thursday night with the Rams winning by a lot of points. Yikes, I hope so. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>